When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. One hundred and fifty-three hours and fifteen minutes. But who is counting till the Eagles and the Chiefs on Monday night? Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Sports Stake, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm Rob Ellis, along with my guy. That is Tone to Shield. Tone, what's up, my man? How you doing? Re, how you feeling today, man? I'm doing great. I'm I'm, I'm elated, man. I'm happy to be alive. Another day to go after it, man. So I feel good. You know, I look good. You know what I mean? That's all that matters, man. That's all that matters. You actually sell yourself. I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's great. I feel the same way, brother. Let's go, man. Another sure. day above ground. Let's do it. Uh, we got Tampa Eagle. We got Jim G. What's up, Brandon? What's up, Jeremy? Mr. Taz. What is up, Cody's? James, Nathan, Tyler, uh, fact checker, fact checker, uh, Vince. Hope everybody's doing well. Amreas, what's up, guys? Howdy, Bry guy. How we doing? Top of the morning. Hope everybody's doing well out there. We're, we're thrilled to be with you. Got a big one today. Nafiz, what's up, man? Um, it, that's correct, Nafiz. Both the Sixers and the Eagles, it, first time in their history tone, are 8-1. and one. How about that? 8-1 first time. What are, what are the odds of that ever happening again? <laughs> Not uh, probably not going to happen. It's really hard for the football team to be eight and one. And so I think that's, it's, that's the lesson to be learned from that. But listen to Absolutely. this show. 1130, Jeff McLean from the Philadelphia Inquirer is going to be joining us. 1230, Keith Pompey also from the Philadelphia Inquirer. So we'll obviously talk a lot of Eagles and Chiefs with Jeff, uh, who had a very interesting piece. Now, here's the thing, Tom. We know that Andy Reid is probably arguably the goat of coming off the bye in terms of success, correct? 
That's true. You'd Very think true. it'd be a little bit strange for the guy that he's playing, Nick Sirianni, to reach out to him during the bye week. But maybe that happened. We'll, we'll, we'll dig into that with Jeff McClain. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Interesting. And then so much to get to with Keith Pompey with the way that the Sixers team has started the eight and one. How about Joel Embiid gets the player of the week? I thought his thought his running mate might get it. Right, Tyrese exactly. Patton. With that with that, with that fifty piece with a side of fries, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but it, it's the thing is lost in the maxi mania. Embiid's averaging thirty two and almost twelve per game, and not to mention more than two blocks per game. So he's He's holding it down on his own as well. So uh, that's a good problem to have when you're when you're thinking two different Sixers should have gotten player of the week. So that's uh, we got we got two heavy hitters today to, to talk a lot about, man. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely, man. You, you know, so funny. These Sixers, man, you know, we've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks. Like they're they've just become a, a fun team to watch at this point. Oh, yeah. And it's it, it's it's no it's no surprise that it's coming from Tyrese Maxey, you know. Yep. Uh, he just has, uh, you know, this lightness, this, you know, this, this air about the way he plays and um, every play, no matter good or bad, the good kid is always smiling, man. And uh, I can appreciate that. I, I can, I can genuinely appreciate that, man. And if he, if he continues on the trajectory and the good thing about a basketball season is, you know, it's 82 games and you're able to really see a guy slowly develop and you start to, you start to really get a sense for, uh, you know, the trends in terms of his game, man. So far, so good when it comes to Tyrese Maxey. If he can find a way to maintain this level of production, uh, which I think he can because of the opportunities he's going to be given uh, in that Nick Nurse offense, uh, who 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 knows how far the Sixers team can go? I mean, they're still filling some guys out as far as the role players. Um, we really don't know what the ceiling is for this new-look Sixers team, but I'm optimistic. But you're right, and and the really cool thing is if you really like what you have now, you can just kind of let it ride a little bit, at least until you get really close to the trade deadline. And even then, you may not have to do anything really drastic. Let it ride. If not, you got a lot of pieces that are attractive. You got guys with expiring contracts. You got first rounders now in your back pocket. There's a lot of different things you can do, even if you don't maybe have the finish that you would like. And let's look, let's hope they finally get out of the second round. But even if it doesn't end necessarily the way that you would like, there's a lot that you can do in this offseason now. All of a sudden, you're a player, man. The only guys you have under contract are going to be Embiid, uh, Springer, and then they're going to have to re-sign Maxi. But other than that, the entire roster can be bye-bye, which gives you all kinds of financial flexibility, and you have attractive parts, like I said. So the Sixers went from being, honestly, like fatigue, making you tired just thinking about them, so like I'm pretty excited for this man. Like I, I'm I'm really curious to see where this thing's going to head. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk to uh, Keith Pompey because you know I'm curious to know what what's his perspective on this new look Sixers and the level of optimi- optimism that not only the the cap flexi- the cap flexibility pro- can provide to a guy like Joel Embiid, but also uh, the optimism that a guy like Tyrese Maxey can provide uh, to a Joel Embiid. You know, if if Tyrese Maxey can keep you know, keep this level of play up, you know, keep this, you know, keep this aggression up, this production up. Um, I don't see why Joel Embiid would want to go anywhere else. You know, this would be the perfect running mate for him um, as he begins to age in his career and as he begins to, um, you know, I guess, take over less and less and he can kind yeah. of def- uh, learn to defer. Um, because a typically, big, you know, every big needs that guard slash wing running mate that, you know, you know, that can take the pressure off of them. A guy that can score, um, in the mid-range, uh, a floater, uh, sh- uh, 
efficient from three that can get him the ball. And what I love about what they're doing or what I love about this combination between Maxi and Embiid is they're not impeding on each other in any way. It seems like they're able to operate independently of each other. And also they can operate in unison because of how contrast their games are, the size, the spacing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're a tough cover um, in that pick and roll action between those two. I, I think they're I think they're even more of a tough cover than the James Harden uh, Embiid pick and roll because Tyrese Maxey has so much speed coming around, you know, you know, c- coming around that screen. And um, you have no idea if he's going to go to the rim, if he's going to if he's going to stop and pop, if he's going to pull for a floater. Um, you know, he he had he has such an array of options at his disposal on offense. Um, it's going to be exciting to see where this tandem can go going forward. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think the sky's the limit. And I think Maxie's the perfect I, – I, when I say this, I don't mean that he can't be a number one. He can, but he's the perfect complementary piece mm-hmm. to a guy like Embiid because, you know, he, he's he's a guy who can get his when he has to get his. He also is learning how to facilitate for Embiid. He's not a me guy. Uh, he has no problem giving the spotlight up to somebody else. And he's a – he like I said yesterday, he's a joy to be around. So I think I think there's a lot of things that, that are that are really good here building off of those two. That's for sure. So yeah. a lot of excitement there, no doubt. Let me get everybody else in here who I didn't get. Philly 007 V. Who else did I miss? Uh Fishing Maniac. What's up, man? Uh it's Joho, Fry Guy. I think I got everybody else. Rob Bill, Robill one. Uh Leo. <laughs> I think I got everybody. So I hope everybody's well. I always try to get everybody to touch us, man. I'm a touch okay. guy. Of course, man. No, I, I feel you, man. Listen, the people come in here and they show us a lot of love. So the least we can do is shout them out. I agree with you. I agree with you. Joey B, what's up? All right. So uh, beyond that, a couple other little things here. Phillies have the interest, it looks like, in Josh Hader, the closer from the Padres. I, I would love that if they were able to do that. Uh, and it, it's looking like the Braves, and I think it's going to be the Braves, Rangers, and Cardinals is my guess but the Braves appear to be the the hot and heavy one right now for Aaron Nola. So, you know, Phillies fans who want him out of here, be careful what you wish for. That's all I'm telling you, because I think it's more likely than not that he's gone. So uh, just just one one team to keep your eye on here uh, would be the Braves as far as that goes. And they're going to have to – you better get a legit number two in here behind Zach Wheeler. And Wheeler's going into the last year of his deal, too. So there, there's yeah, a couple that, things. That, that's a good, that's a good point. You know, where, yeah. do you, where do you think that may go uh, with – they better get that done this offseason. Do not let him go into that last year, man. Get it done. Because he's he he is, in my opinion, he is def- he's the definition of an ace. Oh. I, felt, I felt like he showed up every single inning, every single game that you called upon him in that playoffs. And it's unfortunate, you know, th- there were some moments where they wasted a good outing from him, uh, in particular in that World Series. And, you know, we'll see where this team goes. Um, if you ask me. It's kind of hard for me to see that they can get back to that point going into next season. Yeah, I just it's, wonder it's, how many times you keep climbing that mountaintop, man, and keep beating the Braves and some of the other teams that you you know you beat along the way. It's hard, and that's why, man. We I hope we don't, but I think we may be looking back at last year. It's such a wasted opportunity, man. Mm-hmm. I really I hope we're wrong. I hope we look at it like it was part of the climb. You know, I hope that's what it is, but you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely see, man. Flat, the year before, they made it to the World Series. Uh, this 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 past season, they made it to the NLCS. Hopefully, they don't regress and then lose in the NLDS. Yeah. Hopefully, like you said, it's uh, it, it's just another notch on the belt. You know, it's just another 
another another chapter in the story to another World Series in Philadelphia. Hopefully that's the case. All right. So uh, a couple of the things that we are going to hit uh, throughout the course of the day, like I said, we'll, we'll talk a lot of Eagles, but I don't know how much you watched of last night. And oh, they, I, oh, I, I peeked at it uh, quite a few times, Rob. Yeah. So and, uh, uh, the, was, uh, the Broncos beat the Bills. I'll tell you what, there is trouble in Western New York. Uh, mm-hmm. So they turn it over four times through the Bills, three Josh Allen. He's got inter- 11 interceptions, just interceptions this season. Mm. Um they're in major trouble right now. And, you know, all of a sudden, Sean Payton, and granted, it was an ugly game and you got some gifts. There was a terrible penalty, which which kept that game, you know, five yards closer on the field goal, which then they ended up cashing. Uh, a lot of self-inflicted wounds by the by the Bills. But, you know, Sean Payton, they started off one and five, Tone. All of a sudden, you know, they're, they've won three straight and he's – He's got them headed in the right direction. So it's a two teams that look like heading different directions, those two teams. Definitely. He's uh, you know, he stabilized the ship. And all you can do is give credit to Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, especially, you know, give credit to that entire team for being able to um stay focused and remain bought in uh, you know, to the overall vision. Because Sean Payton, he regardless of how we may feel about him personally, the reality is when you think about that situation, he inherited a pretty toxic environment. And he had to undo a lot of things that were already done in that situation. He had to find a way to convince the guys to unlearn the bad habit to pick up some better ones. And you got to get you just got to get credible credit to do, man. Russell Wilson, he seems like he's stabilized right now. I mean, he's obviously never going to be what he used to be, but he seems like he's stabilized into being a quarterback that you can win games with. Um, but I called this game. We, you know, we, we spoke you about did. this yesterday. You, you were, you, called, what did you miss it by one point? I missed it by one point. I should have bet it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have I should have bet it, but uh, I, yeah, I, I had the Broncos winning this game, a close one on the road. I, the, the big upset, I had them winning twenty three to twenty two, and um, they ended up. No, I'm sorry, I think I had them winning twenty four to twenty three. I think it was. If I, if okay. I, it was one or the other, but I had them winning by one point. Okay, and lo and behold, it it, it came to fruition for the most part. I mean, it, they won by two points, but damn it, 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 that doesn't look like a mirror image of my prediction. I don't know what does. So. Um, I just I just lost faith in this Bills team a long time ago. Um, I felt like I felt like that loss to the Bengals at home last year in the playoffs. I, yeah. I, I strongly believed that that would follow them coming into this season. I didn't like what I saw. And it just seems like they've been so fatigued by the way they've gotten knocked out of the playoffs. I mean, ever since ever since that loss to Patrick Mahomes. And that uh, what, what was it? The conference game or a, a divisional round? I can't remember. Yeah, what it, was, it was the divisional it was round, the right? Conference game. Okay, I thought they, I, I thought they ended up playing the, Beng, the Bengals. Oh no, no, no! I'm thinking Bengals were in the. It was divisional. Yeah, it was divisional because the following round, uh, Chiefs lost to the Bengals. Yep. Yeah, so you know, ever since then, I just thought to myself that that's the closest they've been, and the way they lost, it's kind of hard to come back from that. Yeah. And, you know, last season, they they were pretty dominant throughout the season. They started off hot, kind of tapered off and kind of treaded water and made it to the playoffs. And I saw how much sorry, I saw how much they got pushed by the Dolphins without a starting or a second string quarterback. They were pushed by the third string Miami Dolphins quarterback. That was Mike McDaniel's first year as the head coach. And then uh, they still won the game barely. But then they get knocked out by a Bengals team in their own in their own place in, in a blizzard, which is supposed to be the Buffalo Bills kind of style of football. And. I don't know. I just lost faith in his team. I like Josh Allen, but there's something off about him right now. Something off about the team, the coaching. 
they are what their record says they are. They're yeah. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They won some. They lose some. We have no idea if they're going to live to fight another day, though. I got you. I got you. All right, Eagles question of the day for you. Normally when we do this, we just look at the NFC. We say, okay, who's the team that you have the greatest fear? Is it San Francisco? Is it Dallas? Is it Detroit? Is it fill in the blank in the NFC? Mm-hmm. I'm going to open this thing up to the AFC too. Mm. Okay, which means the Chiefs who they're playing this week, which means uh, you know whoever you want to throw in there, you want to throw the Ravens in there, even though they had a you know a bit of a setback um, this past week, you can throw them in there. You want to throw I don't, the Eagles beat Miami, I, whoever you want to throw in there. Okay, so uh, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, whatever. You take any team, AFC, NFC. Who's the team that you would least like to face in a big spot? In a playoff setting, in a Super Bowl or a playoff setting, who would you least like to face? Hmm. I mean, I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles can pretty much beat any team in the NFL any given time. But to your question, I I honestly, as exciting as it might be, I don't think I want to see the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl because I question if this Philadelphia Eagles defense can handle a, a mobile quarterback. Like, like, and I, and I mean a quarterback as mobile as as Lamar Jackson. Um, he he he's not your standard guy that just moves around. He's so electric; he can break your back. I know the Eagles are one of the best teams at stopping the run, and I know the easy answer would, would have been the Chiefs. But I'm just looking at this Ravens team, and I understand they lost to the, I understand they lost to the Browns, but I just don't think the Philadelphia Eagles fare well or have fared well against quarterbacks who are able to get things done with their legs. They don't face them that often. That it's just he's such a wild card and how you know and just playing for the Ravens and also that defense is just tremendous. So um I don't think I want to play the Ravens at any point. I actually feel better about going against the Chiefs because I know exactly how they're gonna to have to beat me. You know what I mean? Okay. It's a e- it's an easier game. Even though the quarterback is better in Kansas City, it's an easier game plan. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes because sense. Because sure. the Ravens, it's just they're they're so dynamic in the run game. They're they they can throw for three hundred yards on you if need be. It's just it's just too much to have. There's too many boxes I have to check when I'm game playing for the Ravens. Whereas the Chiefs, I know who they are at the skill position. I know who, I know who their big ticket guy is. You know, at tight end, I know what their quarterback is going to do for the most part. Ravens kind of hard to plan for those guys. Um, on the NFC side, uh. Look, man, the reality is I really don't want to see – this is probably going to sound crazy, but because of the dynamic between the – this is tough, man. I go back and forth between the 49ers and the Cowboys all the time because I don't want – I really I really don't want to see either of them for, you know, for many reasons, but if I really had to choose, I don't want to, I don't want to see the 49ers in the playoffs. Okay. I don't. I would much rather see – the Cowboys and the 49ers cannibalize each other, and then and then the Eagles pick up the remains. So, okay. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I I don't want to see the 49ers uh, to you know in, in the playoffs. But if right. we're at home, I think the Philadelphia Eagles can beat anybody. So, so I would go. Here's where I would go. I, I am going to go chalk a little bit here. Um, I'm still saying Kansas City for a couple of reasons. One, mm-hmm. it's Mahomes. Two, it's Andy Reid, who who seems to have the Eagles number at, at you know coaching against them at least recently. Um, and their defense is way better. I don't, I don't like necessarily other than Kelsey, I don't like the receiving core. Um, but it's Mahomes, and I figure he can work magic if anybody can. 
their defense is really good now. They're number two in points allowed, Kansas City. So I, I think the combination of Mahomes, Reed, and that good defense is going to make for a real challenge. Like, I think this week's going to be a real challenge. I know a lot of Eagles fans think the Eagles win this game, revenge and all that. And we'll get to that later in the week, predictions and all that. But I would say I would go one, Kansas City, two, San Fran. San Fran is absolutely freaking stacked with talent. Like, adding Chase Young to that defensive line, now that you have Debo Samuel back healthy and Trent Williams back healthy, you know, Bosa's healthy – the whole thing, man. I just there there are not a lot of weaknesses. It, it very well could come down to their quarterback and whether Brock Purdy can come up big in a playoff setting um, when things are are a little bit off schedule and you're getting pressure on him like the Eagles can and we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, uh, with uh, of any team, the only team I would say if if, if it was the Eagles were either home. Or it was some kind of neutral setting. I think the only team the Eagles would be underdogs to is the Chiefs. Like if they're home, let me put it this way: I think in these next five games, the Eagles. I already know they're 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 the underdog in this game. It's a three point spread, so Kansas City's three point favorites. They're gonna be underdogs in Dallas, of course. But I think San Fran at home, Buffalo, certainly Buffalo at home. Um, you know, Seattle they'll still be favorites, but I don't think it's going to be much. But anyway, I, I think those are the two games that they're going to be underdogs, and rightfully so. I think because it's in Dallas, and the Eagles already beat Dallas, and I think it's Kansas City who beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and the game's in Kansas City. They should be underdogs. But I think those are the two scariest teams for me. Now, I, I, some of the other teams that you named, for sure. I'm I'm not overlooking Dallas at all. Um, Baltimore's tricky. I just don't know. Lamar would worry me if I'm Baltimore in a playoff setting a little bit. That's a good point. Uh, he hasn't really shown uh, a propensity to really show up in playoff games. I think he only has one playoff win in his career, if, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's that's a real point. Um, I kind of overlooked that um, in my estimation of, you know, the, the Ravens. But, um, again, I'm just looking at it from the perspective of getting my guys prepared, right? Right. I, it's, easier for me to, it's easier for me to simulate what Patrick Mahomes does versus what Lamar Jackson here. You can't simulate that in any way. It's hard to prepare. I'm just looking at it from a preparation perspective. Um, I do understand the Chiefs defense is significantly better. Um, that personnel has developed to, um, to an amazing level. Get definitely gotta get credit for credit is due. Um, but I believe the I believe the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, for example, Dallas, right? They were a team that didn't get a lot, that didn't give up that many points. The Philadelphia Eagles still put up their average on them, which is twenty-eight points. So, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles were able to were able to debunk um, that defense and still score on them. I don't think the Chiefs would be any different, um, or I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles will approach that any differently. Let me put it that way, because um, the Chiefs' defense is still for real. Um, I just have more faith in the Eagles' offense than I do the Chiefs' defense, mm-hmm. um, but I don't have too much faith in the Eagles' defense. Um, in certain certain situations, and I, I don't know when you play a guy like Lamar Jackson, it requires a, a different level of discipline right now, a different level of speed. And this Eagles defense does not have too much speed on it. Yeah, I I would agree. I, look, the and that the, all that said, there's there's concerns for the Eagles, man. I mean, you know, when you're talking about the the way that the secondary has been playing. The running game faltering a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are real stuff to be to be concerned with. Hey, real quick note, because we were just talking about it. The Bills have fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. 
Word. Oh yeah, Joe Brady will take over. So oh, we were just you oh, knew someone God. was going to be paying the price, right? Damn. Yep. Well, they just signed. Thing is, they just shot, signed Sean McDermott to a contract extension. So I don't think uh, prior. I think it was either before this season or before the last one. He's not going anywhere. You know, they pay Josh Allen a lot of money. Josh Allen ain't going anywhere. So Damn. how does it? You, you always end up, someone's got to pay the price. Penn State did it with their offensive coordinator this weekend. Like, when a team doesn't – and the and I will say this, too, in fairness. They have not looked good offensively. And Josh Allen's regressing. When you start seeing those kind of things, someone's paying the price. And Those, Ken those, bad, those, those, those bad habits are resurfacing. resurfacing. That's what it is. Those yep. bad habits he had – you know, prior to, you know, Brian Dayball, like, though, like, because Brian Dayball was able to re- reel him in. He was able to kind of, it's come, it's almost like, are you familiar with X-Men? Yeah. So when Cyclops first got his powers, <laughs> he couldn't control them. Every time he opens his eyes, the beams just shoot out and it's so much power, so much kinetic energy just shooting all over the place. He, he can't control it. Yeah. But then, but then he met Professor X. And Professor X developed a technology that was able to allow him to focus the beam into an isolated optic, you know, mm-hmm. a, a cyclops, so to speak. And he was able to focus the energy and turn it on and off. And he was able to live a normal life and be productive. Yep. That's kind of what Brian Dayball was to Josh Allen. He was yep. the professor. He, he, he was the Professor X to his cyclops. He met a he met a young man who had all this talent, all this ability. He just needed to know how to focus it. And that's what Brian Dayball did for Josh Allen. Then he met Ken Dorsey. And all of a sudden, Professor X turned into Magneto, and now was and now it's just carnage. You know what I mean? Just un, just just, just unacquitted power. You know what I mean? And you know, with great power comes great, great responsibility, man. And Josh Allen, right now, he's off he's off the hinges. Yeah, and uh, ho- hopefully, that, hopefully that guy Joe Brady can um you know can, you know can become his his Professor X again and help develop that new technology so he can hone that power again. Yeah, no question. All right, let let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Uh, we'll dig a little bit deeper into all of these things, in particular the bye week angle with Andy Reid, who is so good, and Nick Sirianni seeking out knowledge how to have his team be ready to roll after the bye. But we'll certainly get into Kansas City, what they are. Uh, look back at the Eagles' first half with Jeff McClain in, in the 12 o'clock hour tone. We'll get pretty heavy into looking back at Super Bowl 57. Now, we're not doing this just to hurt people. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll admit, when you first brought the topic up, I thought to myself, is he trying to hurt me? <laughs> I really thought that. Honestly, no, what, what I'm trying to do, I'm tr- <laughs> first, I'm going to jog memories a little bit. Then I'm going to show you these teams are, are a lot different than they were last year. That's some true. good ways, some bad ways. So we'll get into it. We'll, 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 we'll tackle all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're talking about Bravo Pizza of Havertown, of course. Bravo Pizza of Havertown, I'm thrilled. Uh, that they're part. I'll give you an example of how good uh, Alex and, and the folks there are. So Alex this morning texted me, said, hey, I know uh, I know Derek Gunn's going through a little bit of a, you know some trouble here. He's having some tough times. What can I do to help? You want us to have a fundraiser at Bravo? I, unsolicited. I didn't reach out to him. Uh, I didn't talk to him about it. He reached out to me, and, and that's the first thing that's on his mind. So that tells you a lot about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. They're family-owned uh, since 1985. They have 20 different styles of pizza daily. They have slices to go. Uh, They have the specialized pizza, however you want it, they'll make it. Uh, Not just pizza, though. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. And as I just mentioned, Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity schools, for Little Leagues. Someone who needs a little help, 
Uh, proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. That is 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call right now, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
A-G-L-E-S Eagles Alright, we're back. Appreciate you hanging out with us on this Tuesday March Sports Day. Biggest Sports YouTube Network. Haven't had our, our next guest on in a while. Always great to catch up with him. He does an amazing job covering the Eagles for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Also, you got to check out his podcast called Uncovering the birds and it is jeff mcclain what's happening jeff how are you my friend hey guys am i on there okay yeah, we got you jeff yep uh, doing well jeff uh, steph i want to start with this with, with your podcast with uncovering the birds uh, yeah. I, and I know you know this was a hot topic for a minute still interesting to me the whole thing with kenneth gainwell on social media at halftime and responding to a, to a couple guys who were getting on him you know about his play and whatnot um Give us a little bit of insight, you know, what you kind of uncovered, no, no pun intended, uh, on, on that. And how how frequent is this kind of thing? Is it just a, a matter of a lot of guys don't respond, but they are checking their phones at halftime? How often does this happen? Yeah, I think this uh, happens more than we realize. Um, and it was, it was a topic I wanted to explore even before the whole Kenny Gamewell incident, just because I know how much it affects uh, players, first most, how much it – actually even affects me and then how much it just affects everybody uh, in general, anybody who really just has a phone nowadays or has apps and almost everybody has social media. Um, I see how it affects my children, uh, my teenage boys and, and how um, they present themselves, how they get the information, how, um, you know, they interact with other people. Um, but with the players, it's an issue because they get attacked a lot. Um, and it's something that they've increasingly, um, if you, if you notice and something that I've noticed is that you see less of players willing to put themselves out there and not only interact with fans on social media, but just do anything, um, spout off something off the top of their heads. Cause I think they feel like, uh, you know, while it does give them, uh, it kind of takes out the middleman in terms of how they want to react with, with fans. Um, it does open them up and, more than anything, it's just what we went in talking to a lot of the players is, you know, even if they're on social media, it's tough for them to avoid uh, the criticism. Uh, you know, they go in their DMS. If, you know, anybody can, can message them um, pretty much if you have, you know, there's, there are ways around it. You can um, have some roadblocks to how um, fans uh, react uh, or interact with you. Um, but so I went around the locker room and just talked to a bunch of players that have, had, um, you know, veterans that have kind of been on it and got off of it and now back on just in terms of uh, promoting themselves, which is Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, probably fall under that column. And then you have younger guys that I spoke to, Britton Covey, who, who's talked about death threats, <laughs> being wow. told to himself, you know, um, crazy stuff. A.J. Brown, who has who taken himself off social media for the most part, but kind of uh, is ha finding it hard to quit just uh, last month. I don't know if you recall that he, he kind of uh, fired back at Donovan McNabb, who had some comments about how EJ um, right. reacted on the sideline in that Vikings game. So it was just interesting to get um, some insight to how players uh, think. And then also to talk to Bob Lang, uh, vice president of communications with the Eagles and just like where they're coming from that, you know, with Kenny, it's just like, okay, yeah, he made a mistake. We understand it. Um, but it's like, he, these guys, feel pretty darn bad about the mistakes themselves. And then when you are attacking them and, and saying some pretty nasty stuff, if you see yeah. it, um, it, it just compounds it. And it's just almost, it just wish people would pause maybe. And, and look, again, we we're all victims here, or at least not victims in terms of we're getting attacked, but also victims in terms of like giving into that kind of 
quick, uh, you know, impulse to, to hit the button and send something at times. Um, I think a lot of people are, and they don't realize that really these guys are human beings and that we should act like human beings on the other side of the, of the uh, table, on the other side of the table too, because, um, you know, it's just easy to sit back there um, in your basement or behind a screen or whatever it is and attack someone. Yeah, Jeff, you bring up a lot of good points. I mean, you know, the reality is uh, with, in this age of information, all these players, uh, the, the veil or the barrier of entry from fan to player has dropped significantly. And now people have so much access to their favorite people all across the world. And um, you know, so many narratives are able to be spun about players and teams. And that, I think that's why you see so many players with their own podcasts and with their own platforms, because they're trying so hard to control their own narrative. And a guy like Jalen Hurts, the way he conducts himself, he, he barely gives you guys anything in those press conferences. You know, he's trying so hard to control his own narrative and, and all you can really do is respect it. You know, one of the narratives out there right now about this team is the fact that, you know, some many people believe that they're kind of hanging on by a thread or they're just getting by. And this eight and one record isn't necessarily isn't necessarily a legitimate. Um, what's your thoughts on that narrative surrounding this 2023 Philadelphia Eagles team? Yeah, I mean, look, again, for my job, I have to look at things objectively. So they are 8-1. That's the bottom line, right? Your, your record is what what it says uh, per Bill, Bar- Bill Parcells. Um, has it been as clean as it was last year when they were 8-1? No. Um, I, I don't think anyone would say that, and even the Eagles would say it themselves. If you talk to, like, the leaders in the team, like Jason Kelsey's of the world, the Brandon Grants, the Fletcher Coxes, they'll be very honest about, about the team and where it stands. And, and Jalen Hurts would, would – same thing. Um, they know they need to be a little bit better. They need to be cleaner in terms of turning the ball over or generating turnovers. That's been a big issue. They need to be better in the red zone. And the defense pass, uh, the pass defense needs to needs to be better. Um, that being said, if you look around the NFL, and, and I think sometimes in the city, fans or, or uh, certain members of, of the media kind of look at it with blinders on, and they don't realize that every team, I think this – every team's flawed always – um, but this year, more so, I think the top teams, are, you're seeing more flaws. There isn't really a great team. Um, so, yeah, look, again, the Eagles have a tough stretch here. They could lose all four. Who knows? Uh, I doubt that's going to, going to happen. Um, but I, for the Eagles, it's tough. You know, the, the only way they can improve upon last year is if they win the Super Bowl. So I think everybody's expectations are so high. And look, it's fine to point out some of the the flaws on the teams, but it's also you have to point out a lot of the good things about this team, and obviously the talent on the roster, and how Jalen Hurts these last several weeks is really starting to play like that MVP level that we saw last year, despite having the injury. And then look at the run defense and how that's improved, and how AJ Brown is playing at MVP level. I mean, there are a lot of good, re- a lot of reasons to think that this team can finally win that Super Bowl. Jeff, in your estimation, the, the, the quote-unquote issues, and, and I think there are real ones with the secondary and you know maybe the running game slipping a little bit, bit and some other things, which of the ones that you think have been problematic are the most fixable in, in your estimation for the second half of the season here? Uh, I would, you know, again, the run offense, there's been some, uh, you know, people have been fixated a little bit on that uh, the last several weeks. Um, I'd rather pass off. And again, I, in this league, I think to be successful and the Eagles uh, live by this credo as well is like, you know, you pass to set up the run. You don't run to set up the pass unless you have like Derrick Henry as your running back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the Eagles are doing. And, and maybe, the, the, you know, I think part of it has to do with they're not running with as much variety with the run game and you're not seeing all the plays that you saw last year. And why is that? Um, I think maybe someone has to do with a little bit with Brian Johnson calling the plays. I think he feels comfortable 
calling a certain type of run play. The inside zone has obviously been a very successful run for this for this franchise even before Nick Sirianni. It's just been it's been kind of like their bread and butter for a long time. Um, and they have a couple other runs that have been bread and butters for them as well. But and that maybe that plays a little bit in the fact that that's what DeAndre Swift's best at. Um, you want to have Jalen Hurts in the shotgun. Maybe they're doing a little too much of that. You know, the offensive line has had some injury issues, obviously a right guard. Um, so I would say the, I'd say the run game is probably, I think the easiest to fix right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting, Jeff, you know, so often we hear that uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have yet to play their best game, right? You know, if it's not defense, it's the offense. If it's not offense, it's the defense, you know, special teams has kind of been the most consistent group, but we keep hearing that the Philadelphia Eagles have not played their best football. And what if, and that begs the question, you know, what if this is who they are, right? What if, what if, what we're what we've what we've seen over these past several weeks. What if they're just an ugly football team that's going to win by any means necessary? You know, have have you you know have you guys um you know in the, in the media box have you guys uh, you know given that any any sort of thought that maybe this is just who they are and maybe we're just going to have to be comfortable be comfortable with this new version of the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I mean we're nine games into the season, so yeah, it, it's a big part of who they are. I thought they've had some pretty impressive wins. I thought the Dolphins' victory was 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 almost complete. Um, I thought the Rams victory on the road out there in LA was, was pretty close to complete. So they've had some, they've had some good games, uh, you know, right. There have been, you know, the, the Cowboys game down the stretch, that fourth quarter was, was pretty, you know, was pretty ugly and they hung, they hung on. And, and there's a lot to be said for winning games that way. Uh, you can't blow everybody out in this, in this league week in and week out. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of that. This next stretch will will say a lot about this team um, in terms of like where they stand in, in seeding uh, and, and certainly obviously making the playoffs, but also what they can do if you know once they get in the postseason. Um, but there's still a lot here, I think, to sort out too. In, in some respects, I mean, there's still almost a half half the season left to be played. Jeff, I want to go back to um, you know a piece that you had written. So Nick. Um, in his second season as the Eagles coach reached out to Andy Reed, essentially to kind of pick his brain about how you approach the buy. Um, we know yeah. Andy Reed is famous for being, you know, just unbelievable out of the buy. What did he gain from that? What, what were some of the takeaways And they're two and oh, I believe since then. Correct. So, yeah, so- well, actually I made a mistake there. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have the, the ability to, to correct it, but anyway, it's the first season he actually did it. First season. Okay. Um, but he is two and oh, since doing so. Yep. And um, yeah, I mean, Andy Reed's the best out of the buy. 21 and three in the regular season. I think he's third. Like it depends upon how you look at it. There was a bye week because of the COVID. It, with a week off, Andy Reid's I think 31 and six, which mm. is just remarkable. That's incredible. And the last one being the Super Bowl victory over the Eagles. And and that story yeah. I'd written, I'd found out last year before the Super Bowl that it was something that Nick had done. And it's funny. There's more to it than just. I mean, obviously Andy kind of gave him some tips in terms of how to handle the. the practices and how to handle the team but also the other one was that Andy would always go up to New York and stay at the Marriott Marquis with his wife Tammy and um so Nick's like all right I'm gonna do that too and he went up with his wife uh Brett and stayed at the you know they the Eagles have connection with the concierge up there uh and Nick stayed there the last two years I texted him he hasn't got back to me yet. I haven't I haven't heard yet whether he did this year um, I, I assume Eagles fans are hoping um, <laughs> they better have you know, since doing that. That's during the regular season. Couldn't do yeah. it obviously before the Super Bowl, right. and that's one loss that Nick has with a week off. Um, but yeah, Andy, you know, Andy's really smart. 
uh, and he's really good at um, coming up with intricate game plans and little twists that teams aren't going to be prepared for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the struggle here for the Eagles coming out of the bye. Now, Nick has done okay as well. And I'm sure that he's going to come up with a couple things, a couple of wrinkles that maybe Andy Reid and, and Steve Spagnola, um, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, aren't prepared for. So it should be a good battle in that respect. But yeah, I mean, certainly Andy, uh, the record speaks for itself. You know, Jeff, we have a nine-game sample size of this coaching staff, this new-look coaching staff uh, with Brian Johnson at OC, Sean Desai at D.C., um, another year under Nick Sirianni's tutelage. You know, we're seeing this team we, – we, we've seen almost three different phases of this Nick Sirianni-led uh, Philadelphia Eagles team. And I'm curious to know, um, what's been your evaluation of the coaching staff through these past nine games? Um, good, bad, ugly, things that they can improve on, things you want to see more of? Just what's, what's been your overall – evaluation of these guys yeah obviously the two major moves are the coordinator positions you had a new defensive coordinator Sean Desai bringing in a new scheme some similarities to the Jonathan Gannon scheme uh both are kind of from the Vic Fangio school um which involves you know I mean to be on the simplest terms um you know they don't want to get the explosive play there's a little more zone uh, a lot of too high safety looks uh up front you're going to play like a certain type of one and a half gap philosophy um, you know, a multiple front, you can go five down, four down, whatever it is. Um, that's just very much servicey in terms of the defense. And then you have Brian Johnson, who has been with the team, uh, was a natural progression to have him promoted into that spot. Uh, and but he's a new play caller, and that's two years actually, a year and a half of uh, Shane Steichen doing a very good job when Nick Sirianni gave over, uh, gave up play calling halfway through that 2021 season. Um, so let's start with the defense. I mean, Sean Desai has had some good games. He's had some questionable games. The pass defense is, is certainly a concern. The run defense has improved dramatically, but I don't know if that's necessarily a great thing. Like in the, the Vic Fangio scheme, the, the, a lot of these guys who, who uh, were mentored by him or, or, or believe in that and the tenets of that scheme is like you almost want teams to run on you in certain on certain downs. You want – like you're almost goading them in the run because what that does is it, it takes away – huge explosive pass plays. And if you're going up against a really good quarterback, now Eagles haven't faced a lot of great quarterbacks yet. They are going to, in these next few weeks, you want to take the ball out of their hands. So, so I don't know how important that is. It's important um, to stop the run. Certainly you want to make teams one dimensional and the Eagles did a great job against, uh, against the Dolphins in doing so. That was a big part of the reason why they were able to shut down that, that offense. Um but there have been times where I've just been questioning Sean in terms of personnel packages. He doesn't really have a dime package. We, I think you saw in that last game where C.D. Lamb got one time got matched up against a linebacker. I mean, that should not happen. Mm. Defensive coordinators need, should not allow that to happen. They should be ahead of the curve there because they were going with four wide receiver sets. And, 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 and Sean was staying in nickel. Um, and they were taking advantage of that. So that was, there's a couple little things that I'm just, that make me kind of concerned about, about Sean. I think Sean is a good defensive coordinator and I've liked what I've seen on, on certain times in, in terms of adjustments and also in terms of the play grant, play grant, play uh, the game plans, excuse me. Um, but still some question marks there. Some of it just has to do with personnel. I mean, it's not all his fault. They've had a ton of injuries in that secondary. So that has to be pointed out as well. Um, on, on, on the offensive side, Brian Johnson, Look, I mean, look at the numbers, the raw numbers in terms of yards and points and, you know, like they're up there. They're pretty, uh, 
comparable to what they were last year. The two big ones that they're not are turnovers and in the red zone. And, you know, turnovers, there have been like, some of them have been fluky, quite frankly. So I don't want to place, and Jalen Hurts has been very careful with the ball prior to this year. So I don't want to place too much emphasis on that. It does concern me when you see like, you know, A.J. Brown running into DeAndre Swift uh, in a a play and you see mistakes. Mistakes are are kind of what concern me a little bit. And in the red zone, a lot of that is play calling. And I think um, sometimes it's just Brian. I I think some of them he's been lacking in imagination sometimes down there. They've been going too often back to the well, the QB draw, which worked for him great last year. I get why you do that early in the season, but I don't understand the reliance on that so much the last several weeks, although they've been a little better in the red zone. Um, that's the kind of long, uh, long story, longer answers to, um, to the coordinators. Well, uh, let's stay on the run defense for a second, Jeff. You know, one of the issues last year in the Super Bowl was that they, the chiefs ran it pretty well. The numbers aren't going to overwhelm you, but we know they couldn't get a lot of stops on Pacheco. And, you know, some of that was Mahomes too, with his legs. Um, yeah. I'd be very interested to see if Andy tests them in that realm in this game, because the Eagles are so much more improved. Do you think that'll be the case or do you think Andy will, not to say he wouldn't run it at all, but he'll look to attack in different ways. Will this be more Travis Kelsey, more not believing in the Eagles secondary in your estimation? That was a huge part of the second half of that game. And, you know, I guess maybe I, I got dialed back a little bit in saying that you, you know, Jonathan Gannon, because the run defense wasn't great last year. That's what he wanted. Um, he didn't want it to be that leaky like right. it was. And, and you know, Andy, to his credit, um, took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And, um some of that had to do with personnel too, um, I thought, and they exploited some some guys in certain circumstances in that game. Uh, to answer your question, in terms of whether he'll do it this game, I mean, if the Eagles are gonna have light boxes, yeah, I mean, he'll he'll run it. Mm-hmm. Um, it you know, he, that's not the way he wants to to score points, but you know, if he has to, he'll do it. Now that was early in the second half, and then and then once he got ahead, you know, then it became sense it made more sense because look again these these modern day offense, you know, you pass to get ahead. And then when you get ahead, then you pull out your run offense. Right. And that's typically how Andy has always done it. Uh, and that's how Nick wants to do it as well. Um, but the Eagles run defense is better. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know, you know, and, and the, and the chiefs pass offense is not as good as it's been because they just don't have a lot of guys to throw to. So it should be interesting to see how, how both um, Sean Desai and Andy Reed uh, approach their game plans this coming week. Mm. This five-game stretch has been promoted as being known as Murderer's Row, the gauntlet, you know, the Chiefs, the Bills, uh, 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks. This It's been so propped up by national media. I'm curious to know, you know, which, what are your thoughts on this five-game stretch in terms of how it could define the Philadelphia Eagles season and Jalen Hurts' career? Because let's be honest, I personally feel he's still a quarterback that's still – um, fighting for his respect on a national scale. Us in Philadelphia in the tri-state, I think we got a pretty firm grip of who he is as a player. But it yeah. seems like he's still fighting a losing battle when it comes to national media in terms of how he's perceived and um, in his development and the competition he's faced. Um, I'm curious to know what's your opinion on uh, this upcoming five-game stretch as it pertains to Jalen Hurts' legacy in Philadelphia and how it could define his season and maybe define um, his standing in the MVP race. Yeah, I mean the you know when the schedule came out, everybody looked right at the schedule, looked right at the stretch right here, and thought, okay, this is going to be a tough, tough one based upon last year's records, last year's teams. 
you know, the Bills just lost last night, so they're five and five, maybe not as difficult uh, as you might have thought heading into the season, but they still have a ton of talent on that team. Chiefs, we know about. 49ers, big win last week. They're, they're going to be tough. Dallas, uh, we know about. And the Seahawks have a winning record as well, six and three. Um, you know, the Eagles, the way they're looking at it, they're just looking at Kansas City. They're not looking at the stretch. Um, that's the way you'd expect them to approach it. Obviously, we don't have to do that. We can look at it, stand back, step back and look at it and see, you know, how, how it's going to, in some ways, define the season. Um, look, I mean, if they go, if they go two and two, uh, in the four game stretch, I, I have trouble. Kind of, the Seahawks on the road, I guess, is going to be tough. So let's okay. let's include them. If they go three and two, two and three, I mean, you know, the season's not. That's fine, I think. You know, and that and that could very well be what happens. Um, that one seed is important. That's what they're going to be fighting for because when they're home, we've seen that they're different. Especially get a team like the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a much different team at home versus road. You want to have to force them to come to Philadelphia. In terms of Jalen Hurts and, and respect or not respect. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't really pay attention a lot to those narratives. Um, you know, for those who are informed and there are a bunch of them in the national media, um, they know how well uh, he played last year, how well he's playing this year. Um, yeah. I mean, there's always been questions about Jalen in terms of like consistency because he's still young. I mean, that's just, that just comes with the territory. Right. Um, but he's already, you know, he's starting to stack them up. You know, this will be third year in a row starter. And second year in a row is playing at, at this level. I mean, yeah, it was a little tough early going. Um, but uh, we've seen over these last few weeks the, the jail that we saw from last year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, this is an opportunity for him to kind of um, go up against two two great quarterbacks these next two weeks. So I, th- I still think Josh Allen's a great quarterback. I mean, he went toe-to-toe with, with Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl. Uh, aside from the fumble, which was costly, um, aside from the fumble, um, I mean, he was probably the best player on the field aside from aside from Mahomes on the other side of the ball. Um, just throwing dimes out there to Dallas Goddard. Um, obviously, a couple deep passes, touchdown passes, uh, one to AJ, one, one to Devontae Smith that got him down at the end of that game. He ran for, I think, like 80, whatever it was, 80-something yards at Super Bowl record. I mean, he, his shoulder was still hurt, and they're calling power run. Right. He goes into the end zone. And scores to tie, not to tie the game, but the two point conversion was insane. Yeah, yeah that was good to, yeah. Yeah, just Jalen run and yeah. lower your shoulder, lowers the sh- that shoulder and gets over the goal. I mean, it was, it was, a, I wrote about it off the game. Um, so I think, J- I think Jalen has, has earned his respect. I think the one thing is just, you know, and this is just, just for being a 25 year old, he's just got to stack them up on top of each other. Um, but we'll see how he does these next few weeks. Rob, real quick, if I can follow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think is the magic number for the Philadelphia Eagles to lock up the conference? Is it 12 wins? Is it 13? Is it 14? What do, what do you think is the magic number? Because I think if they go three and two over the stretch, they pretty much have the conference locked up. Yeah. I mean, obviously it'll depend upon if they beat the Cowboys head to head. But yeah, 13, I think probably gets them the one seed. Okay. Jeff, last one from me. Uh, valid concern about Bradbury or are we going a little bit too far with it uh, from what we've seen in the first half? Because it's face it, it's been a struggle, but do do you think that that's something that a carries over and B is it legit that Eagles fans are that concerned? Yeah. um, I think at this point it's fair to be concerned about Bradbury. Um, Like he's never been a speedster. Mm -hmm. He's a technique guy, long arms, you know, smart, smart, whip smart. Um, but, um, it's now been a bunch of games where he's, he's, he's struggling out there. 
Um, he's, you know, he still makes plays in the ball too. So I don't want to say it's doom with him out there on the outside, but I think the Eagles, you know, the Eagles were prepared to walk away from both those guys for valid reason. They're getting up there in age. And you're talking about two guys that are uh, over 30 at this point, and Darius Slay obviously being the other one. Um, but I don't think at this point they have another option. Um, and then you, when you've seen Josh Job out there, he struggled. Um, maybe, you know, Eli Ricks is struggling in the slot, but he can obviously play outside, but you know, it's, they're going to have to ride it out with, with, I think Slay's been playing pretty well. Yeah, there are times when he hasn't been like, you know, the Slay that we remember when he was in his twenties, but he's still been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would agree that Bradbury's going to be a little more, I'm a little more concerned about him than Slay. Last one uh, for Jeff, me, Jeff, um, um, really quickly. Um, Harry Roseman, you know, he's been playing a lot of damage control um, over the over the offseason. He lost a lot of guys, T.J. Edwards, Isaac Samalu, Miles Sanders, guys like that. And then he brought in some other guys to kind of fill in the gaps, you know, and, and try to get value um, while spend, not, spending as, not spending as much money. More specifically, losing Hargrave and you find a way to draft Jalen Carter to replace a guy like that. Um, what's been your um, your thought process, your evaluation about Harry Roseman, how he's kind of mastered or played damage control um, over the past nine weeks? I mean – Howie, Howie 3.0, as I like to call him, um, because, you know, he just kind of keeps rising from the ashes. But this is probably the greatest in- incarnation of him. I mean, he's done a phenomenal job since trading Carson Wentz in the 2021 offseason. Um, there's a lot of talent on this team. In fact, I don't know if they're, they've been playing up to the, to the level of the talent. And I think that reflects upon the coaching a little bit. Um, mm. It's not, you know, like, again, the secondary is partially Howie's uh, making, too. Um, but how he has, he's, I mean, he's kind of corrected some of the flaws he's made in the draft. Hey, draft guys from Alabama and Georgia, go figure, you know? Um, but that's easier said than done. And he's getting the right guys from those programs. Uh, and he's, you know, he's getting the right veterans in here to kind of mix in with the young guys. And, uh, he, he's the, the, the way that locker rooms com- comprised of, you know, certain guys in certain room in certain rooms that have leaders, but also have young guys, guys who can nurture them, the great character players. Um, how he's done a phenomenal job. Um, and, and I think it, it wouldn't be a reach to say that right now he's probably the best GM in the NFL. Wow. Yep. That is uh it's uh, hard to argue. That's for sure. Jeff, listen, keep up the good work, man. Uh, inquire.com. You can follow him on Twitter as well. And, and again, check out the podcast, Uncovering the Birds. But you can follow him at Jeff underscore McLean. Jeff, thanks for a couple minutes, man. Appreciate you. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, Jeff. Uh, you got it. Let's get a quickie in here, Tone. Let's come back. And we will dive into that uh, that Super Bowl. And look at the differences between these two teams and try to meet this thing out, man, and see where it's headed. Because we're going to do a lot of this during the week uh, leading up to this game. That's for yes, sure. Sir. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right now we're talking about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether, look, for you, uh, you probably might be in the same boat I was in for a long time, trying to find that right person, right? And and it just took me a while, went through a bunch of different people, and just never quite worked out uh, to my satisfaction. But I found Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. And for you, it could be retirement planning. It could be a 401k reveal. You're not happy with your insurance. Uh, you're trying to get a small business off the ground, and there's a lot that goes with that, including employee benefits. There are other resources that Jim can help you with. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers would roll over with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you could email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back with you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are Sports State, Big Sports YouTube Network. Let's hit that like button if we could, my friend. Yeah, Tony, let's remind everybody uh, D-Gun and how you can support Derek and the Gun family and Trish, who is going through a health crisis right now. Uh, and the Gun family is, uh, is, is staying strong, but they do need some help if you could. Um, you can go to, and you can see it's pinned there in our chat section for those of you who are viewing us right now or in the chat. Uh, if not, you can go to Derek Gunn's Facebook page and you can link right up to it there. Um, you know, we've thankfully, and, and because of all of you and your generosity, it's already up to $30,000. Um, so any, any little bit that you can do would assist the, the full explanation of what's going on with Trish uh, is there from Derek himself. Um, so you can check that out there, but needless to say, uh, they're going through something very trying right now and there's positive progress for sure 
but they have a very long way to go. Um, so anything you can do would be appreciated. And again, just any thoughts and prayers are good as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, you know, it's so interesting, you know, where we are in technology, Rob, and you know how how social media can be used for evil, but it also can be used for, you know, tremendous things. And, um, you know, we have platforms like GoFundMe where people are able to support you through any trying time that you had that you may be going through or from all across the world, from all across the country. Um, it's an amazing it's an amazing place where we are. Um, as a society, that we're able to support each other the way you guys have so far for D Gun and his wife Trish Gun, and you know we're grateful for him. We're, we're grateful for uh, you guys um, always um, supporting the platform, uh, supporting D Gun, supporting Rob, supporting myself. You guys are truly um, a part of this, a part of this sports take family here, and um, you know we do not take you guys for granted. And look at this, we're more than halfway to um, our goal here, um, you know, in, in supporting D Gun and his wife. So. Um, please, man, 431 donations so far, man. That's that, that's amazing, man. Like all you guys who have donated, who who get to donate, who who are sending prayers, who want to donate but necessarily can't because maybe you're going through something yourself. Just know that we hear you, we see you, we appreciate you, we're grateful for you, and we love you. So um, much love to D Gun and his uh, much love, much love to D Gun his wife, his, his wife, uh, his wife Trish, and um, yeah, man, you know, to more life, to more love, you guys. Let's keep spreading it. Let's keep spreading it. All right, let's talk some. Uh, let's get it back to the Eagles and continue that discussion that we were having. We were talking to Jeff McLean a little bit earlier. If you missed any of that, just go to jacobsports.com and you can check that out in its entirety. Uh, all right, so uh, Super Bowl 57. Certainly uh, a game we would like to forget, but it's too fresh in our memory to forget. And we're going to be reminded of it quite a bit this week. Uh, <laughs> Eagles lost 38 35 to the Chiefs. It's a game they led 24 14 at the half. Um, so here's what I would tell you. There's a couple things that stood out to me. I went back and, and, you know, I take the hit for you guys. You're welcome. I went through the box score. I poured through game stories. For, to, I took the pain. But here's why I do it. Um, I went back and, and I, you know, my, my biggest remembrance of that game, a lot of things that stand out, obviously. But one of the things the Chiefs did extremely well in that game was run the football on the Eagles. In fact, they ran for 158 yards. Isaiah Pacheco himself. 76 yards, 5.1 yards per carry. This Eagles team is number one against the run now. They are the best team by a pretty long distance here in the NFL. So I do wonder, and I brought this up with Jeff McClain, and I'm very curious to see how it plays out. If Andy Reid tests that early, if the Eagles are able to stuff that early and make them one-dimensional. Now, obviously, we know when you have Patrick Mahomes, all bets are off. Uh, you know, anything can happen there. But I think the other thing that plays off of this so, Tone, Kansas City's able to run the ball to the tune of 158 yards. And the Eagles didn't get a sack in the game. Now, we could talk about the turf, and it's all real and all valid and all that. But this is a team that absolutely has to get pressure on the quarterback or they're not going to win. So there's two things that stood out to me defensively. Zero sacks, allowing a buck 58. I don't think in this game Kansas City's going to run for 158. And I don't think the Eagles at the end of the, the, the game, the end of you know, the evening, whatever time it ends, Sunday, Monday, I mean, uh, we'll have zero sacks. So I think if you're looking at positives from an Eagle standpoint in terms of the defense, I think both of those things should have you encouraged because I think you're going to see a different kind of defense here on the field for the birds. Yeah. The thing about Kansas city offense right now, outside of, outside of Patrick Mahomes, their offense is very uh, limited. Um, they're only putting up, around 100, 103 yards per game rushing. They're ranked 19th in the NFL in terms of rushing offense or rushing yards per game. Uh, in the last three games, 
they're only putting up an average of 74.3 yards per game. So their running game has kind of been um, pedestrian, kind of similar to the Philadelphia Eagles over the past three games. The Philadelphia Eagles, even though they're ranked eighth in the NFL in rushing with 129 per game, um, over the past three games, they're ranked eight. Uh, over the past three games, they've only put up 89 yards per game on average in the three game span. So um, both of these teams over the past three games have not really been able to get their running games off the ground. Um, so this is going to be this is going to be a big week um, for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, especially going up against that Kansas City defense um, that's pretty stout all the way across the board. Can they find a way to get that to get that running game uh, back involved and in what they and what they want to accomplish? Uh, last week they put up over 100 yards rushing on the Cowboys. I think the first time they did did that in several weeks. So I think that's a step in the right direction. But we need we need some more explosion from the position. We need some more efficiency. And, you know, I talk to John McMullen about this all the time. You know, the Eagles are on a pass-first offense. They're not a run-first offense. They're a Jalen Hurts-first offense. And Jalen, Jalen Hurts has such a hand in what this team does on, you know, you know, on both sides in terms of passing and rushing. Um, it's going to be so important for Jalen Hurts to be healthy uh, going into this matchup or at least being as close to healthy as he possibly can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. I mean, that's going to be a big that, – that's what, going to be one of the more fascinating things going into this game early is seeing how Hurts is moving. You know, seeing if – they're willing to call more quarterback draws or there's more RPOs. That'll tell you a lot about how they think his knee is doing. Right. Um, and I think that's going to be a really big piece. Let me just remind people what kind of game hurts had. All right. I just gave you some stuff that you're like, Oh, I get it. Let me give you some good stuff. Hertz goes 27 for 38, 304 yards threw for a touchdown, did not have an interception. He had a 103.4 passer rating, ran the ball 15 times for 70 yards three touchdowns. Now he had the huge fumble. Okay. Acknowledged, but you're talking about a guy tone who put up 374 total yards himself and accounted for four touchdowns. He had a monster game. So, you know, if he's anywhere near healthy and I know Kansas city's defense is a lot better this year, I get it. I still feel like Jalen hurts is going to have a good game here. You know, what, what scares me the most is, you have a Patrick Mahomes, and I get his receivers aren't great, but you still have a Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. and other weapons with Andy Reid's, you know, smarts going against this secondary that has not been good. I mean, that's the thing. Last year, you had CJGJ. You were healthier. You had you had safeties who had experience, you know, guys like Epps, et cetera. That's not there this year. You know, you had TJ Edwards. You're you're missing some pieces there, and I worry. That, that Mahomes is going to get loose and start getting crazy. You know, here's the thing, though, right? I'm willing to argue that Kevin Byard has enough experience or has equal to, if not more experience, than Marcus Epps and CJGJ combined. Yeah. Um, although um, CJGJ did provide a spark in the DB room, not going to take away anything that he provided. He was, uh, he was fun to watch. He was very productive for the Eagles. Yeah. And Marcus Epps – wasn't much of a liability back there. Um, I think with this extra time off they've had with the bye week, I think it's I, I think it's what that DB room needed. I think they needed some time to really uh, step away from the game and really just kind of recharge and really get a sense for what they do well, what they don't do well, and really get used to each other. Because we talked about this, they've had so many different combinations back there um, with the with the corners and the safeties, and uh, it's kind of hard 
to really be productive on defense when, when your defense is so much predicated on uh, communication. And the important thing about communication is, is it's important to know who you're talking to on a regular basis. You keep changing that voice. You keep changing who's, you know, who, who, who's playing next to you. It's kind of hard to get a feel for where they're going to be, um, how they understand the game, how they see the game. Um, do they got a feel for your tendencies? Do they know your strengths? Do they, do they know your weaknesses? So on and so forth. So um, although they're going to be go they're going to be going up against the best quarterback in the NFL again uh, for a third time, I'm including the 2021 matchup as well. Um, so far, they're 0-2 against Patrick Mahomes. Or so so can they can they find a way to make it one and two? Can can this defense can this DB room be, be be stabilized? Right, they have a ton of experience back there. Believe it or not, Slave, Bradbury, Kevin Byard. Um, in terms of experience, like the guy with the least amount of it is Reed Blankenship, but you know he 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 kind of plays like a savvy veteran, you know, in and of himself, but still has a lot to learn. He's been one of their highest graded defenders, um, you know, uh, you know, th throughout the season. So, um, although again they're going up against a tough task in Patrick Mahomes, this is going to be really huge for this team's confidence if they can if they can find a way um, to keep Patrick Mahomes in check. And again, that's find a way, and they're going to have to they're going to, it's going to be like finding a needle in a haystack. They can find a way. Uh, to keep this guy at bay, um, especially with their weapons being limited. Um, the Eagles should be able to win this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the key is you're not shutting Mahomes down, but he can't at all. You. you know, and the thing is, it, it the weird part of it is if you looked at his numbers from the Super Bowl, he was very efficient. He was 21 of 27, but very he only threw for a buck 82. But he also hurt you on the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, he was able to pick up big third downs or, or, or sustained drives or that kind of thing. He did have three touchdowns in the air. I thought two of those were, were, were just bad jobs by the Eagles defense, total breakdowns. But, you know, he had a buck 31.8 passer rating. Again, if you don't sack him or get him uncomfortable, you're dead. You know, yeah. this has to be a huge sweat game. It has to be a huge Reddit game. You're, the inside of your defensive line, again, has to do what they've done all year. That can't all of a sudden just stop against Kansas City. You better get that push up the middle um, or else we know what he's going to do to you. I don't care who his receivers are. And, yeah. and you know, Kelsey going uh, six for 81 and a touchdown last year against these linebackers is concerning because how do teams attack the Eagles generally middle of the field? Kelsey makes a living in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. So, he you know, he is another one that I'm really, really concerned with in this yeah. game in a big way. But, you know, Agreed. and then the flip side of this is Kansas City's got to deal with A.J. Brown. And Devontae Smith had That's a good, good game. Devontae had seven catches, 100 yards last year. Mm -hmm. A.J., six for 96. Yep, and they both had touchdowns. So, yeah, yeah, those two guys almost had 200 yards among them, you know, between them. No, yeah, yeah. The, the fact of the matter is, you know, we talk so much about Patrick Mahomes' side of things. The reality is – they got to deal with Jalen Hurts as well. They got to deal with AJ Brown. They got to deal with Devontae Smith. You know, say what you want about him. You know, we understand Patrick Mahomes is the baby goat of the NFL. No one is. You know, he he he's in a he's on the tier um, by himself, and everyone else is just trying to you know knock him off his stoop. But the reality is, um, AJ Brown tough cover. You know what I mean? Uh, Devontae Smith tough cover. And this is a week to week league, right? What you did against one team won't necessarily translate to the other team. Right. It's all about situations. It's all about guys who are able to take advantage of moments. Um, you know, uh, this this Eagles team, although a lot of people believe they've been hanging on by a thread. The reality is they are a very um, they're a team that likes to impose their will. And what I mean by that is. Regardless of what you think. 
other score is, or regardless of how much control you think you have over the game, the Philadelphia Eagles always make sure or find a way to remind you that now this game is far from over. So um, they they have the bottom line is they have a tough task going in Arrowhead trying to be Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Um, I think the Chiefs had the edge at the at the coaching position. I think they had the edge at the quarterback. Um, they don't have the edge at the receiver position at all. Um, uh, they, they obviously have the edge at tight end because Dallas Goddard is out. So you know you're, they they have a clear cut edge there uh, from a defensive perspective. All overall, they have the edge. Um, I think the Eagles have the edge, um, you know, as far as their front four. But you know, I'm just, I'm really excited to see this game because it, it's a it could be a precursor to what we see in Super Bowl 50, in Super Bowl Fifty Eight. You know, it could be it could be a preview. You know, uh, we we, sure we, yeah. we 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 may see we may see a a three uh, a three peat matchup in less than in less than a year and a half. Okay. So. Yeah. This so this this is going to be exciting, man. And if Jalen Hurts finds a way to win this game in Arrowhead, this would be something he could put on the resume. Oh, for sure. This is a signature win. I, mean, I don't care that it's the regular season. This is this would be a. Def- it's one you especially look back at the Eagles if they win the Super Bowl. You're going to say, "Oh my God, man! That game on November whatever what day are they playing? <laughs> I don't. It's the 14th. I don't know. Whatever. The 18th, 19th. I don't know." Yeah. Whatever it is, you know, in, in the coming off the bye because it was a measuring stick game, blah blah blah. We're we're going to reference back to this game. Make no mistake of of all these five, there's going to be a lot of them we're going to look at. Clearly, I mean, when you're talking about San Francisco, because that's a rematch of the of the NFC Championship game. Whenever it's the Cowboys, it's a big deal. But let's be real about this tone. This is the team you lost to in the Super Bowl, man. Like, forget everything else. And it's Andy Reid, who since he's gone to the Chiefs has done a really good job against you. And it, the knock has been, yeah, the Eagles are playing well, but they haven't beat. By the way, they haven't beaten anybody as bogus. They've beaten the Cowboys. They've beaten Miami. They haven't. I, I and I don't. I know you weren't saying it like that was your opinion. That's what people say. But the like hanging on by a thread. Eight and one's not a thread. Five and three would be a thread. You know, even in some maybe some circumstances, six and two, whatever. Mm. But man, when, when you figure out a way to win eight of nine in this league. I'm sorry that you like you you are a phenomenal team. Absolutely, especially when you think about the rest of the league, right? And all these teams who are supposedly uh Super Bowl contenders with the Philadelphia Eagles. We just watched the Bengals lose to an up and coming Houston Texans team, right? Um, the Bengals struggled out of the gate. Um the, the, the Chiefs lost to the Broncos, who are starting to stabilize things. Uh, the, the the Ravens probably have a loss on their resume that they're not too proud of. They lost the point, at home this week to the Browns. That shouldn't have right, happened. Right, they, right. They lost at home this week to the Browns. Uh, they lost to the Colts earlier in the season. Right. Uh, my, my overall point is, right, through all the adversity, through all the things that probably could have went wrong for the Philadelphia Eagles, they have been the one team that's been able to maintain the highest level of consistency, regardless of the circumstance and regardless of the opponent. And you can make an argument that they were, they are a hair away from being nine and no, they are a bad throw by Jalen hurts away from being nine and no. It's hard to win in this league, regardless of who you're playing. It's hard to remain consistent. And yes, your record isn't the it isn't the end all be all because once you get into the playoffs, you have to actually make that record worthwhile. You have to continue to prove in the playoffs why your record is what it is. But for them to be eight and one at this juncture, battling injury, battling against the force of, of a Super Bowl hangover, 
um, your quarterback kind of nursing a, a knee injury throughout the yeah. process. Um, uh, your offensive line, um, not necessarily playing as good as we're used to seeing. Still good, but not as good as we're used to seeing. Your DBs um, being decimated and playing very in inconsistent football. Um, the reality is whenever the Philadelphia Eagles play a team that's supposedly, that's supposedly good, that's supposedly a contender, they turn them into pretenders. Yeah. The Dolphins, case in point, they were supposed to be the hottest thing moving on the press. All of a sudden, the Eagles play them. Now, who are they? Do we do we know who the Dolphins are? You know what I mean? The Dolphins can't beat good teams. Okay. Um, the Cowboys, right? A team that was supposed to be coming in hot, and we find a way to beat them. Regardless of how you feel about the win or how it happened, they found a way to beat them, right? And then let's be honest about this, too. The Washington Commanders, they're better than what we thought. Yeah, they're not – like, they're – yeah, they're not. I'd say they're an averageish kind of team, but they're not a layup, uh, you know. So it's they're not, not a layup at all. They're 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 yeah. getting actually competent play from the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I think it, people. I think we. I think what happens is I, this is by the way, Tony. It's more. It comes more, I think, from Eagles fans and Eagles media, social media, than it does nationally. What what I mean by that is, I think there's more. Um, I think national people look at the Eagles and are more impressed with the start of their season than we are locally because we're hypercritical. I think we're hypercritical for a couple of reasons. One, we are looking at it like, all right, what's it going to take to win a Super Bowl? And some of these things may cost them. So it, it hasn't been perfect. But I also think it's just the nature of the beast. When it's a team that you follow, you you just dig, you you know, you like you nitpick every little thing. It's It's like you're a friend or, 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 a, or a sibling or something, you, you know, you, you, the familiarity breeds a little bit of contempt or a little bit more of a, a, a challenging eye, so to speak. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do know what you mean on the national, I mean, on, on the, um, on the local level, right. I definitely know what you mean. We're going to nitpick this team uh, regardless, but still, you know, I watch a lot of these national shows whenever I get the opportunity and, when they talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, there is this air of, yeah, but. There's always a yeah, but. There's always a but. There's always yeah. a but with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, they talk about, when they talk about the uh, the 49ers, they talk about them like they're the greatest gift to God's green earth. Yep. You know, and it's crazy how the Philadelphia And they lost three straight, by the way. Right. The Eagles fans would, would would be out of their minds if they lost they three lost straight. straight. Yep. And they get a very, very convincing win against the Jaguars, who are or who, who was a team that I respect. But they get one win in the past four weeks, and all of a sudden, you know, they're back at being the best team in the league. Look, I understand that when the when the 49ers are healthy, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. But the Philadelphia Eagles are here too. They it's it's so it's so fascinating to me. The Philadelphia Eagles take one week off, and all of a sudden, oh man, like like the, can the Eagles hang with the Niners? No, can they hang with us? Because last time I checked, I don't care how you feel about how it happened. I don't care. I don't care if you want to nitpick the way they beat them in the. NFC Championship, they beat them. And they beat them from a point perspective, convincingly. Say what you want about how the offense went. The offense, you know, uh, sputtered um, most of the time. But say what you want about that. Say say, say, say everything you want to say about, oh, they, they have short fields. And, you know, say what you want about, uh, oh, well, they, you know, the, the, the Niners didn't have a quarterback. Well, guess what? You want to know why they, they didn't have a quarterback? It wasn't because he caught a cold. It wasn't it wasn't because he caught the flu or it wasn't because he stubbed his toe or he got into this freak accident off the field. No, he came in fully healthy. He came up against an extremely physical pass rush and he got his ass knocked out. 
And then you bring in your and then you bring in your second string quarterback. He's he's trying to do his thing. Oh, we knock his ass out too. Yep. So my thing is, let's not pretend that this was kind of a fluke. They came, they saw, and they got that ass beat. Yeah, there's and, and, no- and, 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 and that's just where I'm at with it. It's, it's so fascinating to me how people like to take away from that NFC Championship game when, okay, sometimes your offense is going to win you the game. Sometimes your defense is going to win you the game. Right. It, it, it's the nature of the beast here. It's a physical sport, man. We're not giving out no consolation prizes for just making it to the finish line. You well, know what the, I mean? They yeah, lost. That's, that's the thing about the Niners game that I, I never understood from 49ers fans. It's like, well, if we had our starting quarterback, there's no if in that scenario. Your starting quarterback got knocked out legally. In a football game. Legally. If this was a basketball game and somebody cut and blew their knee out on a non-contact, that sucks. And yeah. I, I feel for you. This wasn't what happened. Both of those guys got knocked out by the Eagles' physicality. That's your problem. Okay. Period. There's no if if the if goes out the window. Right. And the other the other part is unless you're talking about the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the team to beat. They're the champs. The Eagles are the team to beat against every other team because right. they came in second place. Whether that's the Niners, whether that's the Cowboys, or or whomever else they have on the rest of the schedule, the Eagles are the team to beat. And by the way, every team approaches it that way too. You're getting everybody's best. Nobody's coming into this thing half-stepping against the Eagles. Everybody's eyes are wide open, and they're they've been circled. You don't think the Chiefs, You don't think the 49ers have had this bad boy circled forever, okay, since the schedule came out. You don't think the Cowboys, especially after losing that game the way they lost it, aren't going to be out of their mind in that game in Dallas, Seattle, same thing, et cetera. That's what it is. So, you know, just get used to it. But but the notion that the Eagles should be afraid of the Niners or the Cowboys and all that, like, I, you should respect that opponent. But those yeah, respect, are, is, respect is always given. Yeah. You know, but, well, you know, earned, however you want to look at it. But yeah, always respect your opponent because anybody can get touched in this league. It doesn't matter what league you're in. Respect yeah. your opponent. Anybody can get slept. But when you start to create this narrative as if, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles got away with it, they got away with one. Nah, I'm not jacking that, Rob. You know, and not 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 saying you're creating a narrative, but yeah. you know, when people create that narrative, I'm not jacking that at all. You know, here's the thing, man. The reality is the Eagles in the Super Bowl. What if the field wasn't slippery? What if what if Jalen Hurts didn't fumble? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. What if Quez Watkins catch that ball? We can scream that all we want. Guess what? We lost. And we got to eat that. And we got to live with that. So it goes for everybody. No, no one's exempt from the vigors of the NFL. You win some, you lose some. But like Pops always said, you live. You live to fight another day. Right. Yeah, it looks great points on all of it. I mean, and, and this is... This is what you want, though. You you want to be that team that the Eagles are, that the Chiefs are. You want to be that team. Trust yeah. me when I tell you that. You're getting everybody's best punch when you're on that level, yeah. man. Get comfortable, Absolutely. Eagles fans. When you're on that level, everybody coming for your neck. Get comfortable. They're all, They're all coming for you. All right, let's uh, let's uh, jump over to some hoops here. Uh, we'll go back to the NFL at two o'clock, um, and we'll hit a or one o'clock, excuse me, and we'll hit a bunch of different things. We got uh, Keith Pompey coming up. The OG Keith Pompey the in the building. Yeah, I mean, when you have won eight straight as the Sixers have, uh, and you have a guy who gets the the player of the week, and you have a guy who's been perhaps the biggest lightning bolt of the season in the league, and Tyrese Maxey, we, we got to talk some hoops, man. So we will do that with Keith when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's that's Tone. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I've told you guys about pro action restoration, and, and I've also told you that I don't endorse anything 
that I'm not a part of, okay, that I don't know very well. And pro action restoration is, is I had a I had a leak, more like a flood that happened from one bathroom into another bathroom in my house that caused a lot of damage. Uh, my ceiling, my wall, my carpet, all messed up because of it. I have pro action restoration over here, basically fixing the problem, uh, drying everything out. They're going to take care of the drywall work that needs to be done, the ceiling, the painting, the whole nine. It's one-stop shop. And it's an ease on your mind, that's for sure. If you have a home and you're, you have a property, you have a business, you go through the same thing, whether it's water, fire, smoke, mold damage, they are the people to call Pro Action Restoration. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured, serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action Restoration works in conjunction with your insurance company. They are with mine right now. Uh, again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675.
We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Again, everybody, appreciate you hanging with us. That's Tone to Shields in for the Gunner Man. I am Rob Ellis, hanging out with you on this Tuesday. Good to know Gunner's checking in on us and, and making his his sending us his little comments uh, on the on the text chain tone. So that that's oh, a good yeah. thing. It means he's in Gunner good spirits. Bay. Yeah, Gunner is still Gunner. I tell you that. <laughs> that's for sure. All right, joining us right now, uh, the man who we turn to when we need to talk some hoops, man, and, and we need to find out what's going on. With the Philadelphia 76ers, who have won eight straight games, eight straight, eight and one on the season, and they they're they're doing the weird double dip thing here uh, with with the Pacers again, which I can already tell from the look on Keith's face, like why is this happening? But joining us right now is Keith Pompey. Keith, let let's start there. What is that? I I don't like that the NBA does this, but what's the is the purpose just less wear and tear from a travel standpoint? Yeah, that's what they say. They want it to be less wear and tear from from a travel standpoint, you know, to cut down on things. But, you know, it's, it's weird because, I mean, although the NBA is doing this, you always hear instances like of last year where the Sixers had a home game, then they went to Miami, and then they had a back-to-back from Miami and Dallas, and then they had to go somewhere else. I mean, I remember one game, they went from – they were in uh, they were in San Antonio – and had to fly to Chicago for a back-to-back. And then two days later, they were in Dallas. You know, so mm. they're saying they're cutting down on the wear and tear, but yeah. I, I don't see it. I mean, hey, listen, if, they, if they're really trying to cut down their wear and tear, they might as well as adopt the baseball model, three-game series all across the board. Well, don't give them any yeah. ideas, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would cut down a lot, though, wear and tear. It, it, it would, it would. Yeah. But, you know, um, you know, let, let's jump right into it, Mr. Pompey. We appreciate you for coming onto the platform, man, as always. You're always it's always a blessing when you grace our, grace our platform. Um, let's, let's start with one of the bigger things that happened over the past week, man. Kelly Oubre. That was um, – that was sad to hear, you know, walking, you know, walking home from wherever he's walking from in, in, down Center City, and he gets he gets struck by a car in a hit and run situation. 
Um, have you heard any updates on his status? Um, any updates on, um, I guess, where the investigation is in terms of finding a person who's, um, you know, responsible for putting Kelly Oubre um, into the situation he's in? Yeah, I haven't heard any updates on on the investigation. Um, you know how that goes. It, it's weird. Like you would think, you know, you would think with down where it happened in Center City with cameras and everything like that, that could be something that could be turned around quickly. But unfortunately, also, if you don't have cameras, a lot of times it comes down to eyewitness reports. Mm-hmm. And un- unfortunately, nowadays, a lot of people are like, I didn't see it. No, nah, boy, you just saw them get ran over. Nah, I thought that was someone else. I didn't see that one. Yeah, so yeah. It, that's unfortunate. Now, I do know that the Sixers, several of the Sixers went over to Kelly's house yesterday, you know, to check up on him. You know, everyone's saying that he's been in good spirits. He keeps telling Nick Nurse that he's going to be back sooner than when people, um, you know, think and expect. But typically the the recovery time for broken ribs to fully heal is around six weeks. So he could be out for a minute. Now, if he comes back before then, you know, I give him a lot of credit, but then we, we do know that he's going to be in some pain, you know, with that. Um, so that's what I do know right now, you know, with his whole situation. But in regards to um, if the culprit is going to get caught or anything like that, I, I, I don't I don't know. And unfortunately, that's a problem we have in our city right now. Where yeah, we do. Yeah, there's no doubt. Anybody who's been on those streets knows a lot of craziness going on. That's for sure. Keith, so. I guess the obvious answer may be Batum, but in your estimation, who is the guy who steps up here, who kind of fills that void, uh, what Ubre was giving them? Because, you know, again, the shame of it is he was playing great, man. He had yeah. given them a ton for, for a, a league minimum guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the obvious choice is Batum, at least in the starting lineup. Well, they won't have Batum tonight, though. Um, Nick is, you know, back uh, handling some personal issues okay. that he has going on. But I think in for the long term, I, I think and we all keep talking about if we all keep talking about these wings, right? Yeah. But personally, I think if Marcus Morris, once he gets in shape, I feel like he could fulfill that role. Now, again, what I mean by that is somebody could come in and just give you buckets. Now, again, Marcus didn't have a training camp. He didn't do like offseason conditioning, none of that. So he's a little bit behind. But when you look at the guys on the roster, and you say, who do I have that can give me a bucket coming off the bench? That will be Marcus Morris. Now, again, I do believe that when Nick gets back, he's going to you know, keep that starting role, right? But I think as far as the point production that Kelly provided, the one who can give you the closest to that um, consistently is probably a Marcus Morris. You know, Keith, I was watching uh, you and John Mitchell on uh, Locked on 76ers. I love what you guys do on that platform. I watch you guys almost every morning. Oh, and, um, and uh, of course, and um, you guys spoke, I think a couple of days ago, you guys spoke on, even though the Kelly Uber situation isn't something you necessarily desire, the one silver lining that could potentially come out of it is you can really find out what you have, um, you know, mm-hmm. from, you know from, from a roster perspective and find out how deep you really are. Um, just at first glance and over the past, you know, I guess since the trade went down, What's been your overall estimation and potential um, view on the upside of the Eagles' depth pieces? Yeah, you know what? You, we, we're talking about, like, so here's one guy that I'll bring up, the guy who you, you, we all thought, like, okay, he's never going to see the floor again. Look at Daniel House, right? You know, D House only took one shot attempt the last game on Sunday. I mean, this guy was the last guy on the bench. You could argue him or Mo Bamba. There was times when Mo Bamba played and he didn't play, right? 
So he's the last guy on the bench. And he came in and he showed some defensive toughness, right? He also, in the fourth quarter, when when uh, Indiana came back a little bit, D-House made a huge corner three that gave the Sixers a cushion. So to me, that's an upside knowing what you can get with him. Now, at the same time, there are going to be certain guys who are going to get exposed. Like, I felt like Furkan played okay, but I think the athleticism from the Indiana Pacers kind of wore on him a little bit. So he got a quick hook. But, yeah, you got guys like Covington, um, you know, uh, 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 Batoon, you know, all these guys. I think that they're showing you how long and athletic the Sixers can be. And another thing is they're also showing us that what they can do is you can put them in certain situations that's going to enable you to give a Tobias Harris a rest, give uh, a Maxi a little bit of rest. So when they come in in the fourth quarter, they can be a, a whole lot, you know, energized and, and ready to go. Whereas in the past, they used to wear down. Well, Keith, let me go back to the, the four guys who came over. Batum, we kind of answered that with Batum. But, like, as far as Morris and and Cubs, and they've gotten a little run. Don't get me wrong. We haven't seen very little of Martin. Yeah. Is this just a matter of getting acclimated, do you think? Or is, is this kind of what it is, like, in, in terms of their minutes? You know, the thing is with Cub, I think that Cub is in a in a bad spot a little bit. Like, I think they like him. But I also think that when you look at Covington, he's like Tobias Harris's backup for the mm-hmm. most part. So with that being said, it's like when they close out their game, especially in that fourth quarter, they want they wanted to be Harris on the floor. Right. Um, I, I think you look at Batoon and you may say in, in his situation, Batoon is a little bit more versatile than him. So what do you do? You want to close out with Batoon, but you also want that to Harris on the floor. So Covington is going to be one of these guys who he's going to pay the bulk of his minutes in the first half. Like Covington's probably going to average around 15 minutes a game, right? 10 to 11 of those minutes are going to be in the first half. And then he's going to get Tobias is going to start a little, third, third, a little late third action. Yeah, yep, A little late third action. And depending yeah. on the game, it's going to determine what he does in the fourth quarter. But you know you're going to close out with him. The thing about Marcus Morris, initially I was thinking, well, you, I had the same questions. Like, what's the deal with Marcus? Like, you know, Marcus, we know that he can shoot this and that, and he's not playing. Well, Nick Nurse says that he still considers him in the rotation, but mm-hmm. it's just a matter of him getting in shape, you know, right. and, and one of those because, you know, you hear like a lot of people talk about James Harden not being around the Sixers. Well, Marcus wasn't around the Clippers. Like, you know, Marcus was on away from personal reasons. He didn't compete in training camp. He wasn't at practice. He wasn't doing anything. So it's one of those things where as we see him playing, of course he wants to play, but he's not in the shape that I guess they want him, the optimal shape they want him to be in. But I will say this, if I think like if Kelly Oubre didn't get hurt, he would probably be a guy that's like, hey, look, I'm sorry, we really like you but we got something going on right now. I think the fact that Kelly's hurt after a while, especially a night like tonight, that they may have to depend on him to get some valuable minutes. You know, keep shifting gears a little bit. You know, we got to talk about the other, you know, the man of the week or the man of the hour, man. Um, Tyrese Maxey, this kid has just been playing out of his mind. You know, me personally, I've always felt like he had potential to be uh, on par with a guy like, uh, a Jamal Murray. I always felt like Maxi can maybe be the Jamal Murray 
uh, to, you know, as, as he is to Jokic, you know, to, you know, and to Joel Embiid. I kind of feel like that there's some parallels there, that guard um, big man combo. Um, I got laughed out of the building a couple of times whenever I brought that up because a lot of people felt like, um, you know, Maxine can't necessarily be that true point guard type of player. And maybe not. Right. Maybe that's not necessarily his forte. But so far, man, he's been showing the ability to put the points on the board and ability to pass the ball effectively. And on top of that, by having the ball in his hands so much, he's still been able to protect the ball and limit his turnovers. Um, what's been um, your instant reaction, your overall evaluation of Tyrese Max's development over his four year career and what you've seen, um, you know, over these past nine games? Yeah, over his four-year career, I, I you got to give Maxi credit because at first when he came in here, they said he couldn't shoot and he was missing a lot of shots, a lot of wide-open threes and stuff his rookie year, right? And then what happened? His second year, he was a way better shooter, right? And then the knock on him, like the knock on him was he couldn't run an offense, right? A traditional offense. And then you look at his right now, he's tied for seventh in the league in assist to turnover ratio, which is huge. I mean, he had several games where he had you know, tennis is where we're one turnover or zero turnovers. So to me personally, that has been the biggest, the biggest takeaway from his growth. Now, also, I came on here. Rob knows. They said, what do you think he's better as? I said, I don't think he's a point guard. I think he's a two guard. Now, is he a traditional point guard? No, he's not. But he he everything that he's doing is working. So you can't criticize what he's doing. I feel like. You know, Max has been phenomenal. Now, the crazy thing is you watch these games, and I know it's only been nine games, and it's, you know, 82 games in the regular season, and you have a playoff. But Tyrese Maxey has not done anything to make you doubt him. Now, there was times where I saw in the Detroit game, they were in a slower half-court set. There was a couple passes that he could have made to cutting cutting players. But at the same time, people – make mistakes at times, but he still produced in that game and had a dominant game. You know, you watch him and you see him just make certain shots. You see him um, go drive the lane. You see him block shots at the rim. These are things that you say, I didn't know he could do it. He's a high effort player. Yeah. High effort. And then also. Oh, oh, I think we lost Keith. Keith, we got you. Yeah, Keith, if you can hear us, you, you froze for a second there, man. Um, all right, well, we'll uh, well, well I'm sorry. Sorry. here we go. I'm sorry, we got you back. Sorry, there's only been nine games, but at the same time, right. you have to give him credit for what he's doing in these nine games. Yeah, I'll tell you, more impressive, and, and Tony and I talk about this a lot, Keith, he's not turning the ball over, man, for, mm-hmm. for, for having – you know, he's caught the ball constantly, yeah. whether it's initiating offense or trying to score on his own. I think it's 1.1 turnovers per game. Like, that's an awesome, awesome – you know, even assist-to-turnover ratio is very, mm-hmm. very good, all things considered. And let me ask you about this, too. And this is – I know this is more intangible, but, like, you know, forget Harden for a second and everything that went on and, and Doc and all that, but – like there just feels it, it 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 feels lighter, and you're around these guys every day. Do we make too much of that? Is it winning makes everything light and everybody feeling good, or is there a lighter vibe here with these guys? There's a lighter vibe. Yeah, there's a lot of vibe. Like think about this, y'all. For the first time, and Maxi is a a great co-star. Maxi is going to be an all-star. He's probably he's going to be a perennial all-star, right? Yeah, like yeah. we 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 couldn't agree to that, right? He's yeah, he's to that, right? But this is the first time. 
that since I've been around the Sixers, that there wasn't a power struggle. There was a power struggle, like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, uh, under, like you know, uh, a passive-aggressive one with Harden and then be like where Harden wanted to be the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to yeah. do what I got to do, but I want my basketball freedom. You know, with Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid, it was a power struggle, right? Whose team was it? Right now, everyone knows that it's Joel Embiid's team, and they and they don't care. They want it to be Joel's team. They want to lead. They want to follow Nick Nurse. And I feel like when you look at these guys, you know, uh, a Nick Batum, a uh, 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 Patrick Beverly, you know, guys like that, what do they do? They're, they're, they're great role players who just want to win. So when you have that and you don't have a power struggle, this is the results that you get. You know what I mean? You're winning. Now, again, winning does make everything better. But I had uh, Jaden Springer tell me once, he's like, you know, I love these vets. Like, these are great vets. Like, you know, they they just want to win and they want to teach you. So, you know what I mean? I think that what they did is you got to give Daryl Morey credit. You got to give Nick Nurse credit. They went out there and got the right personalities for this team. And, and they got winning players, guys who just want to win. It's not about statistics. It's not about anything. And they all came together and they all want to follow Joel Embiid. And, and like, guess what? Joel Embiid, what is he doing? He's pushing Maxi out there. Yeah. And yo, you're the franchise. You're the friend. Yeah, and we, it was you know it was a little thing. Uh, and Keith, you can hear us just froze up for one second there. But it, it it was a little thing. But even the three where he got the fifty, you could see Joel was yeah. clearly trying to run the play to get him the ball to get his. He set a little screen up top, but he wanted Maxi to get that, you know. And his teammate, you could just see the look in all their faces, man. Like it was genuine, not like yeah, great. Like, they were really excited for their teammate. Exactly. And that's what I heard. Like, guys were in the fourth quarter. was like, how many points he has? How many points he has? <laughs> All right, like, like, okay, we're going to give him the ball. We're going to give him the ball. You know, and, and that's how it is. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, Tyrese Maxey, you know, I hope he doesn't change. And I don't think he will. You know, right now he's been in the league for X amount of years. This is who you are. Yeah. But this guy is a pleasant dude. I mean, here's the thing. Like, before practice, before practice, had practice on a, on a Saturday. You know, Maxie, the team flies in first thing that morning. Maxie gets up and he's out there giving away turkeys and stuff like that with his foundation. And then he heads over to practice. He could have easily said, hey, you know what? I'm going to have my mom there, which she was. I'm going to have my father there and I'm going to have my uncle and they're going to do it. And everybody will like be okay because I just landed and I have practice today. But that's the type of guy he is. They all love him. And if 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 you don't like Tyrese Maxey, is is something against you? There's something wrong with you. Yeah, something wrong. Yeah, you problem. Not Sure. You brought up a, um uh, on, on Locked on 76ers with you and John. Y'all, y'all talk about this story where um Maxey, you know, as he was going as he was going for the fifty piece McNugget, he uh his family was uh his family I guess was gathered for like uh, a party yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And uh, you know all his family members, his mom, cousins, you know all that kind of stuff, nieces, nephews. They they all was like excited, going crazy while he was dropping fifty points. Meanwhile, his dad just sitting there on the couch, arms folded, just like yeah. and uh, and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it, he, you know, he it, it just and you guys spoke on how him and his father's relationship. It's it's so it's so it, it's so dynamic because there is a clear expectation that his father has from him, and he's not surprised by anything that. Max is doing in that court. And uh, I'm I'm curious to know, like, you know, again, can you expand on that story 
And um, you know, just you know, what you know, what's what, what's your organic reaction to that? Because you know, hearing hearing something like that just you know, it, it, it excites me. I love stories like that. Um, I'm always I'm always into the militant figure, you know. And so uh, I'm, I'm curious, you know, I'm curious about what's your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, it's it's weird because like when Maxi first showed up, he used to always like talk about, yeah, my dad this, my dad that, right? My dad had me doing this, my dad told me that, my dad this and that. And you look up his pop and you realize his dad is legit, played college ball. He was mm-hmm. an assistant coach at SMU, right? The whole nine. He was part of his high school coach. Dad's been in, in, in his in his life, right? But then he said, my dad used to say, you got to get 1% better every day. And that's what I plan on doing. Like, man, this dude is corny with this 1% better <laughs> stuff. Like, man, miss me on that, right? You sound like Jalen Hurts, 1% yeah, better. Well, yeah, well, like, hurts. And, you know, two Texas dudes like, yo, man, I don't want to hear that. Like, go ahead. So, so the thing is, you look at it and you realize his dad does have him prepared to be successful. So where it is with his father is whenever Tyrese does something great, his dad isn't celebrating. Like, you know, he isn't. And it's not because he doesn't appreciate the moment. It's because he knew that his son was this good and knew that he would get this. So they're not surprised by anything. And when you talk to Tyrese about it, it's not an arrogance that comes out like, but at the same time, it's like, Keith, this is the work that we put in. And like, I'm here to tell you, man, there was times where like doc would like say, yo, you can't come into the gym today. Like you just have to go home. There was times in the summer where Maxi was telling me like after his rookie year where he was doing four and five a days in Hmm. the gym. You know what I mean? So, like, I, you know, I look at my daughter and I'm trying to tell her, like, look, I know you don't want to work out today, but Tyrese Maxey already worked out. <laughs> yeah, he's on his fifth workout already today. Yeah, you know, you, I'm only asking you to do it once. So when you look at this guy, it's, it's kind of sort of, hey, this is what he's built for. And this is the work he puts in. And this is why his father is like that. And, like, let's face it, they could easily be walking around, like, look at us, but they're not. It's kind of like they want him to be a team player, but at the same time, this is what they worked for. And I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Tyrese Maxey is a good example for everyone, a lot of people, because a 21st draft pick, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That guy, he went to the neighborhood public school, right? He didn't go to one of these factories that they go to now. You know, he gambles on. I mean, he was a McDonald's All American. I'll say that. You know, one of the top players. But at the same time, this is hard work, man. This is like Garland, Texas, you know, just a great hard worker. And he works hard. And this is, you know, uh, the benefits of it all. And he's not surprised. Rob, if I can quickly follow yep. up. What does a guy like Tyrese Maxey, everything that you mentioned, right? The, 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 the gritty guy, the hard-nosed guy, a guy who's so light from a personality perspective, but he understands the true dynamic of hard work and being prepared for the task at hand. What kind of impact does this have on a guy like Joel Embiid's um, you know, future in Philadelphia and also just his overall preparation and how he approaches the game. You know, I mean, you said the impact it has on Philly. Well, 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 well the impact it has on a guy like Joel Embiid and his his future in Philly. Oh, it, oh, it has a lot. It does. It has a lot on there. You know, I mean, my whole thing, though, I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief that everything is great now, but I, I feel like we will really know more at towards the end of the season because let's face it. I mean, this story is great. Is a different mood, everything else. But we've been here before, like where the Sixers were successful. I, I, I feel like, you know, in order that the whole Joel thing will be determined 
based off of what the team does in the playoff, what type of people they could get along with him and Maxi and free agency, you know, things like that. Now, who knows? Maybe the guys that they have now are good enough. Maybe they decide to bring some of these guys back and tinker with some other guys. So I think that has it. But at the same time, um, if you're looking at it right now, yes, you have to say Joel is kind of like, yo, they always wanted me to get a co-star. This might be the best co-star for me mm-hmm. because it's kind of like it's, it's really you got a big man who's uh, who's the most dominant big man in the game for what he does. Right. For what he does. And then you have a guard who's an ascending all star who's killing everyone who's a hundred who's really fast. And I feel like you look at it out of Ben Simmons, out of James Harden. This is Joel Embiid's best partner. Why? Because Maxie could shoot, right? He could shoot. Ben Simmons couldn't, right? You know, and then you look at James Harden. Maybe James Harden would have been his best guy maybe five years ago, but he's a little, he lost a lot of his skills. And then not only that, he doesn't try defensively, right? Maxie's trying and he's getting three blocks. Yeah, Maxie just fits. Seems like he fits better. Yeah, he fits a whole lot better, a whole lot better than the other two. So if you're Joel Embiid, you have to be happy. But at the same time, I do feel like a lot will be determined. Now, this is good because this is still early days, but a lot will be determined based off of what the team does, how they perform in in the playoffs. Keith, how good a job has uh, has Nurse done um, so far? You know, and again, not to do the whole comp with Doc, but it just seems like that the ball moves a little bit better. There's a lot of flow. I mean, it helps when you have Maxine and B going crazy. But like, how how good a job in your estimation has he done? It, let's just say it's a bad look for Doc, mm. in my opinion. It, mm. it is because you look at it, and you know Nick Nurse has done a phenomenal phenomenal job, right? There's there's one thing, the one thing, two things that stand out, and it's like comments. You know, last year there was a there was a the video that was leaked on training camp where Doc told James it's not a democracy. You get the ball to Joel, and then you do it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, who else is upset here? He said, Maxie and Tobias. He says, nah, don't worry about them. It's between yeah, yeah. y'all two. What does Nick Nurse come in and do? He says, he says, no, not – he didn't take a shot at Doc or anything, but he realized that type of offense doesn't get you far in the playoffs. So he incorporates everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris looks like a completely different player. Yep. You see how Tyrese Maxie has ascended – but Maxie is getting teammates involved. Everyone's happy, right? Now, right now, we look at the Sixers team. They're third in the NBA in rebounding, right? And they're, they're I believe, they're 12th in, or something like that in offensive rebounds, seven offensive rebounds. They had 23 offensive rebounds the last game. And then when Paul Reed was asked about it, he was like, yeah, we got a coach that wants us to crash the boards. So it's kind of like, they're not really trying to take shots at Doc. They're just saying that the things that this guy has a different philosophy, mm-hmm. which is taking shots at Doc. So yeah. I feel like, you know, Nick Nurse, you know, is an early candidate for coach of the year, right? But I also feel like he's getting the strengths out of his players and he keeps everyone happy. They all love him, man. I'm telling you, they all mm-hmm. love Nick Nurse. Yeah, final question for me. You brought up uh, Tobias Harris. Um, he's in the final year of his deal. 
And uh, as of right now, the only guys that are, going, that are going to be on payroll really is Joel Embiid, and we expect them to extend Tyrese Maxey. Um, what do you think T- Tobias Harris's ceiling is in this new nurse offense? And if things trend in the right direction, if things go as they would expect it to go, is there a chance the Sixers try to bring him back on maybe a, a bit more team-friendly or a, a, a high-value deal? Yeah, I think they could. I mean, I, I do. I, I, but I think a lot of that has to do with the how Tyrese Maxey continues to ascend, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing that you have to get is if um, if Tobias Harris um, continues to play well, that's probably going to be a struggling team that's going to want to throw some money at him. So then what's going to happen is Tobias Harris is going to have to weigh his options. Do I want to stay here and possibly win a championship or do I want to go somewhere else and get paid? I do think that, you know, the 76ers will probably try to to bring him back if they, you know, if he continues to play well. But I don't know if it will. I think it may, you know, he's going to make a lot of money, but I think that it will most likely be on a more team friendly deal because. But again, I think it all has to do with Maxi, because here's the thing. Like if you if Maxi becomes that guy like you say he is right, then it comes around to building out a roster as opposed to going out there and getting like another all NBA type player, because you feel like M max is going to be that dude. So then what you do is you'll start looking for a small forward, you know, someone who is going to be really good, but he doesn't, you don't have to give him the full max. Right. So then you always have Tobias's bird rights and then you can slide somebody else in there as well. So I feel like it will work well for everyone. But I think that it's just going to have to be a number that Tobias is comfortable with because there's going to be a team that's going to throw money at him. He may not get a max, but there's going to be a team that's going to throw money at him. All right, Keith, this is the last one for me. Um, Clippers are 0-4 with Harden. He's a minus 67 in 125 minutes. It's been bad. Is this where it's trending for him? Is this just in fairness it's early there? How How do you view what's going on there with that Clippers team? You know, it's weird. Like, you want to say it's early, but it's also a bad look, right? Because when we look at it, before that trade, they were 3-1. and one. And yep. then after the trade, Harden didn't play the first game. Um, P.J. Tucker did, but they lost to the Lakers. Yep. And then since Harden's played, like you said, a minus 67. I mean, it's just a bad look, man. It, it really is. And, again, we, you know, you hear it where the coach is saying, we got to get Harden more involved. We have to get him more involved. But I feel like if you get him more involved, how is that going to disrupt the chemistry that seems like is already kind of loose that could be destroyed, right? So I don't know, man. I, I just feel like is it, they're in a tough spot right now. What they have is they have four four go-to players, basically, and one of them is no one, no one is guarding him because he doesn't have the ball rust, right? So you got four players, but you don't have a team. You don't have any, like – role players to set picks to do all this other stuff i feel like it's just a bad situation and it's a bad trade for for the clippers it could improve but i feel like with harden taking more shots it it might mess up the flow a little bit with paul george and Kawhi leonard yeah for sure for sure keith thanks man always always appreciate your time and uh always a great follow on on twitter inquire.com but check them out at Pompeii on Sixers. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate you, man. Thanks Thank for having you, me. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you. All right. Take Thank care. You. That is Keith Pompeii. And uh, we'll set our sights back 
on the NFL, a bunch of stuff to go at um, around the league. A lot, a lot happening. Buffalo making firings after their loss last night. We are going to give out our wide receiver power rankings, one through five. We will do that as well. So don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, they're an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Uh, Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning, and you could go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles.
Welcome back. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We're hanging out with you on this Tuesday, as they say. Uh, all right, let's talk some some NFL here, Tone. So we mentioned the the, the big story coming the out, out of the NFL and out of last night's game. And if you didn't see a Denver beat Buffalo in Buffalo, uh, the Bills today fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, and they promoted Joe Brady, who was the quarterback's coach. Now, there's a lot of pushback on this tone where people are saying, was it the offensive coordinator's fault that they had 12 men on the field for that final field goal in which Denver missed and then Denver got another chance and then they made it? Is it the quarter? Is it the offensive coordinator's fault that you know Josh Allen has turned into an you know a turnover machine? When I'm sure it's being preached to him constantly. Stop, you know, just be careful with the football, et cetera. So there's a lot of backlash on Sean McDermott. Like he hasn't really experienced much of this in in Buffalo. You know, people have looked at it like, you know, they've turned it around and become a good team under him, and you know they've been close a lot of years. But I think now, now the pushback starts. Right. Because this team's five and five and it just feels like a finger point kind of move like, hey, it's not me. It's this guy. And, and that's the way a lot of people are reacting to this. See, the thing is, man, Sean McDermott is a good head coach. I want to make that clear. He's a good head coach. Right. He's found a way to turn around a Buffalo Bills team that was not relevant for a long time. Um, drafted well, um, developed well. Um, they, they've done a pretty good job all across the board. Um, but it seems like they've always struggled in the big ones, in the big games. And now those struggles are starting to leak over into the regular season. And it's so it's so easy to just point the finger at just one guy in Ken Dorsey. Um, but to me, they seem to be unraveling at the seams. It seems like they there's they, there's a lack of respect in that organization somewhere. I don't get a sense that they're really all on one accord because, you know, I think about the Philadelphia Eagles and I feel like they're a unit. They're a team, one band, one sound. I feel like there are too many people, too many, you know, too many, uh, too many people out there, uh, you know, playing to move into the beat of their own drum in the organization. And Ken Dorsey, I understand that Josh Allen hasn't necessarily been his best under Ken Dorsey, but at the same time, you know, I don't. I, I think it's a bit lazy to say Ken Dorsey is the sole reason why Josh Allen and the Bills are where they are. Um, like you said, Ken Dorsey is not responsible for having twelve men on the field. You know what I mean? At that time, yeah. Um, I, you know, again, like you, you spoke, you spoke about this earlier. There's always going to be somebody that has to pay the piper. Yeah. There's always going to be somebody who has to, uh, you know, bear the brunt of the bad news and. Uh, today it was Ken Dorsey, uh, but we can't deny that under Brian Dayball, though Josh Allen was just a much more effective quarterback. Um, but again, man, I just think I, I think their problems go well beyond Ken Dorsey. I, I agree with you. Look, I agree with you, and I, and I think that's um, you know time will tell here. Time will tell. And the bottom line is, I don't care who the coordinator is. If the quarterback doesn't clean up the turnovers, it's not going to matter. Now he's not the only problem, but it's definitely part of it. I'll tell you what doesn't help. And they had injuries on defense. They have a lot of injuries on defense. They did, but the defense did a pretty good job last night. But what doesn't help is when Trayvon Diggs is sending out texts regarding Stefan Diggs. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, "Get what is it, 14 or 15? He said, said, get 14 out of – 14 needs to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. but we we know who you're talking about, dude. Like, come on. Like, 
Here's what I don't understand. What's that helping? I mean, seriously, you're not helping your brother because now your brother's going to have to answer for all your tweets, right? The team's already losing and underachieving, and all you're doing is piling on that. It's just, to me, it's dumb. I, I think it's absolutely dumb by, by Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. And worry about, how about your team, dude? Why don't you worry about your team? I know you're hurt, but worry about your team. Yeah, it, it, it's just that simple. And, and look, you know, you know, I have a brother, and I understand that pull that you have to defend your brother. I understand what that pull feels like because well, nobody's Diggs, attacking Stephon Diggs. No, no I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. No, no one, no one's attacking him. I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I understand the blinders one can have for yeah. you know you know their sibling right and you know again when i look at the bills i see a team that's disjointed i see a team that has their own agendas a team that's kind of just not necessarily believing in what they're being taught or told um from a coaching perspective it's just again man like it's can, can we say josh allen needs to play better sure definitely can we right. say Stephon Diggs needs to kind of, you know, not always be as emboldened to speak on certain things. Sure, definitely. Um, can uh, can Sean McDermott um clean up a lot of things that he's doing? Definitely. Yeah. Was Ken Dorsey was Ken Dorsey the only reason why they are where they are? Hell no. Mm-hmm. So, um, I feel like ownership was kind of just sending a shot across the bow. Like, look, this is where we are right now. Yeah. This is where yeah. we're. Sean McDermott. I know we paid you, but that shot at Ken Dorsey. It's not too far from being shot at you. True. Yeah, I, true. I think Ken Dorsey was just made out to be an example. Yeah, I think so, too. I and mean, it's a shame, you know, but it is, it's the reality. Uh, this is a tough blow for the Cowboys. Not surprising, frankly. Leighton Vander Esch is out for the season. with the, He's had repeated neck issues. Um, he may be done for his career, according to Jerry Jones. It, like, to me, if I'm him, man, you got to be so – careful with this stuff you know and if if you you got to be looking long term at what would happen to you and I, I i frankly i'd be a little bit surprised if we saw any any more from him but he's definitely out for the rest of the season yeah it sucks man even if he is a cowboy the very the reality is uh a man may not be able to ever play the sport that he loves ever again because his body is failing him and you know he he's he's a very physical player and it kind of reminds me of Luke Kuechly, right? Not from a talent perspective, but a guy who had a pretty big impact on their team. And no matter what he did, his his body just continued to fail them. It was concussion after concussion after concussion. And when you're dealing with the brain, you're dealing with the neck, you know, all that stuff that has to deal with your cerebral cortex and your nervous system and your cognitive abilities, you got to be careful with that, man. And you got to ask yourself, what's more important? the quality of life that I could potentially have or this game that I love so much. I mean, you have to, you have to weigh those options, you know, do I, I need to be around for my family. I want to actually be able to have clear thoughts when I get to a certain age, I want to be able to have full use of my extremities when I get to a certain age, you know, these guys lay it out all on the line, man. You know, we, as fans, you know, we get caught up in the fandom and, you know, the jerseys and the stats and all that kind of stuff, our fantasy football teams and, you know, the betters, all that kind of stuff, the parlays. We get so caught up in all that stuff surrounding the sport. But in reality, these are human beings. These are these are men, grown men, uh, who are trying to support their families um, the best way they know how. And the best way they know how is to play football, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, man, um, whatever happens, 
Um, I hope it's um, in favor of his health. I hope that's in favor of what's best for him and what's best uh, for his family. Yeah. Uh, all right. So a couple other things that are of note. This this one's interesting. So Denzel Perryman uh, of the of the Houston Texans, their linebacker, has suspended three games without pay for repeated violations of player safety rules. So the latest one was this past week. He went helmet to helmet with Jamar Chase with 407 left in the game, and he got an unnecessarily unnecessary roughness penalty, lowered his head, led with the crown, you know, the stuff that we always see. But he's been a repeat offender to the point now where they just nailed him for, for three games without pay. That's that's a that's a heavy message right there, you know. That's that's yeah. a big they're starting to come at running backs for it too. They are and, and I don't Warren I, for the Steelers has gotten a lot of heat for that. I, I'm I'm kind of iffy about the offensive guys. I mean, because they're protecting themselves. I, these guys are coming at them. The defensive guys are already coming at them full speed. What what else can they do when you're the ball carrier trying to evade or trying to defend? You know, trying to protect yourself as well. You know, it's it's such a slippery slope when you're starting to find running backs. Like I think they find Dar- um, DeAndre Swift at one point for one yep. of the um, one of the runs he had. I think it was against. Uh, the Cowboys. They did. They did. Yep, you're right. So it's it's like these guys aren't trying to go helmet to helmet. They're 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 literally trying to. Hey, listen, my shoulder versus your shoulder, and it's a game of inches. I mean, I don't know. I we're seeing more running backs getting fine with these things more than I I can remember. And I'm not. I'm personally not really a fan of it. What what if the guy is what what if the guy is just shorter than the, the guy coming at him? man? you know. It, it, it's it's a matter of physics or it's a matter of just size difference. I mean, I don't like it. I don't like the fact that these running backs are getting fine with this kind of stuff. On the defensive side, you understand it because you actually have more control of the outcome because you, you're you trying to tackle the person. But, but now you're finding running backs for just trying to be physical with guys that are trying to be physical with them. I, I'm, I'm not really a fan of that. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Uh, all right, elsewhere. So Sean McVay says that Matthew Stafford will – be the starter uh, against the Seahawks, barring any kind of setbacks, which is right. interesting, you know, on a couple of fronts because you know the backup is now. Right. Carson Wentz. Yes. So uh, it will be make, it, it will be Stafford for the uh, for the Rams. In case I'm you're curious aware. why I bring him in if you don't. Well, because they, 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 they released their backup. They didn't like the way he was. Brett oh, okay. Okay. So, they, okay so they got rid of him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm yeah. Here. He's he's the backup now, Wentz. So. Uh, do you McVay, think, huh? No, I was going to say, do you think we even see Wentz at all this season? But the, considering how much Stafford gets hurt, I think there's a real good chance we see him, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Fair enough. Eagles, if you thought you saw the last of Carson Wentz, Eagles fans, think again, my friends. You will be seeing him, I think, at some point. <laughs> uh, Zach Wilson, nothing to see here, Jets fans. Nothing to see here. So Zach Wilson will continue to be the quarterback. Nathaniel Hackett will continue to call plays. Okay. I mean, are we not going down the definition of insanity route here? Doing the same thing, expecting different results. Isn't this the definition of that at this point? Uh, yeah. You know, you know, you, you know, you were speechless Zach there Wilson, for a minute. You, you know, Zach Wilson, he's trying really hard. He's he, uh, he's he's trying he's trying okay. really hard, man. Yes, he is. But yes, at the yes, but but, okay. but at the same time, gosh, I know those guys on defense are just burning up. I yep. know they're burning up, man. I know Garrett Wilson is probably thinking to himself, "I was going to have a career year, 
with Aaron Rodgers and it's, it's unfortunate, man. Robert Sala is doing the best he can to keep that team together. I feel like Robert Sala is kind of caught between the rock and the hard place. Who knows who what he's being told by the higher ups in terms That's of how the he problem. Handle. He he could just be he could want to make changes and and the big boys are saying no. Then there's nothing you can do, man. Yeah, 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 that's 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 that's, that's, that's kind of what that thing is, man. So, uh, we'll see, man. I, 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 I'm kind of speechless when it comes to the Jets. If I'm being honest with you, Rob, I'm, on, I'm almost, I'm almost, I almost have no words for, for those guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got you. Uh, all right, elsewhere, uh, not good here. Um, uh, Zay Jones, not to be confused with Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers is the Raven. This is not the Raven. This is Zay Jones, who's the Jacksonville Jaguar. Uh, receiver was arrested Monday, charged with misdemeanor domestic battery uh, after an argument with his mother, the mother of his child, which resulted in an injury to her, whatever. Um, you know, it, it's he, you know, we always get into these things and let, let's see how it plays out, but it, it's not a good look uh, for Zay Jones. Um, so uh, he was visiting the, the, his child and he got into it with the, with the mother of his child, et cetera. And it was uh, it's not a pretty situation and we'll see, we'll see if, where, where this goes for him. Uh, Jags put out one of those statements saying we're aware we're looking into it and, you know, AKA we're pissed off and you know, we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah. Um, I have almost no, uh, remorse for people who put their hands on women. Amen. Right. And, Amen. and, you know, we ultimately have no idea exactly what happened, but if it is the case, if everything is as it was stated, um, I ain't got no words for the brother. I ain't got yep. no no sort of uh, remorse or empathy or sympathy for men that put their hands on women. I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not jacking at it anyway. Um, I personally feel like men that put their hands on women, they need to get hands put on them by you know about you know by a grown man. Mm -hmm. Um, that's that's how I feel about I it. I feel, feel about it. Uh, wasn't raised in any way. Um, I was always taught you know if things even remotely get physical, if if you feel like she's about to put her hands on you, get out of there. Just leave the house, walk yeah. away, take a walk, do whatever you got to do. Yep. You know what I mean? But again, um, you put your hands on woman, whatever comes to you from that point on, you, you rightfully deserve. That's my that's my mindset. I got you. Uh, all right. Th this is this is a tough one. Former Eagle who was having a real good year for the Vikings, uh, Jordan Hicks. Yeah. He underwent a procedure Sunday it's night. Remained, yeah. Remained in the hospital after he got so he got hurt in the game. He had a procedure done in the hospital because his leg started to really swell up in the locker room afterwards. And thankfully, the trainers were like, got to get you out of here to a hospital right now. But after the procedure, his leg started, he started to have trouble again. And he developed what's called a compartment syndrome in his right leg. Okay. Which is severe swelling, which can lead to some really dire circumstances, like bad stuff, but possible amputation, et cetera. Um, so they got him directly to the hospital. It's swelling and pressure in the bruised area that can reach dangerous mm. levels. It can lead to permanent muscle damage or worse if it's delayed. And thankfully, they got him there quickly, had the surgery. He's in good spirits. And, you know, he tw he's tweeting everything. He's tweeting out, which is usually a good sign to give him the thumbs up and all that. But that for a minute, that had to be pretty freaking scary. Listen, Jordan Hicks has had his fair share of injuries throughout his career, man. Once. He's another guy that I think should maybe just yeah. listen, man. Hopefully, you ho hopefully you did everything you were supposed to do with your money in the long term. But man, like you know, it's just it's just yep. 
you got to take care of your, yourself, man. Okay. I understand you love the game. Again, I don't know what your financial situation is, but hopefully you made the right moves. You know, to he's a very in- smart guy. I'll just tell you that he's a right, very- right. So, or, or bet so, so we can assume safely assume he's he, he's kind of put away a nice nest egg for himself in retirement. Yep, man, something like that. See, I, I'm scary, man. You know, if if I even if I even sneeze wrong, I'm like, oh, what's going on? So, so, um, man, you, you getting I, tests I, done? Yeah, I got you. I, I got you. I hope he, I hope he I hope he gets I hope he trends in the right direction. Um, I hope everything works out for him as well, man. Yeah. So um we have we have, believe it or not, Tone, believe it or not, we actually have a good Thursday night matchup. Yes, you heard me correctly. A good Thursday night matchup, which we rarely ever have. So Thursday, we have the Bengals at the Ravens. I'm I'm really Ooh-wee. excited. Okay. Yes. This is, this is gonna be exciting. So that said, there's a couple of key injuries to look at here. T Higgins unlikely to play with a hamstring for Cincinnati. That's a biggie, but, and and I don't know if he's going to play or not, but Marlon Humphrey, the the Ravens originally feared that this may have been an Achilles. It's not an Achilles. It's just a lower calf strain. Now, again, I don't know that that means he's going to be able to turn it around and play Thursday, but for them long-term, that's a big deal. That's a very big deal that this, that that he's not, it's not anything worse because that dude's a stud. Marlon Humphrey. So, yeah, absolutely. Good. And uh, another thing that this matchup, you know, outside of the injury side of things, you know, this this game has huge repercussions, you know, for the AFC North, Gigantic. man. Not not only the North, but the whole conference. The whole conference, you know, Ravens are 7 and 3, Steelers are 6 and 3, Cleveland Browns are 6 and 3, uh Cincinnati Bengals are 5 and 4. Uh the Ravens have yet to have their bye yet, but Man, I'm, I'm I'm looking at this matchup here, and let's say, let's say Cincinnati wins. Right. If Cincinnati wins, that'd be two games dropped in a row to your divisional opponents, um, by the Ravens. That would that would push Cincinnati to six and four, and the Ravens would drop to seven and four, right? And then, if the Ravens happen to win, that'll push them to eight and three. Bengals drop to five and five, like the Bills. So the Bengals cannot afford to drop five and five because you have other teams in other divisions like the Texans who are pushing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the, the, the Bengals dropped the five and five. They have the same record as the Raiders. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. that, that also gives other teams like the Chargers and the Broncos maybe some life as well. Agreed. So it's, 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 it's so close in the AFC. My God. I mean, if you're <laughs> Dolphins are six and three, Chiefs are seven and two. Not, if the Eagles beat the Chiefs, they drop the seven and three, and then all of a sudden the AFC gets that much more, you know, tight. It seems like the more weeks that go by, the tighter, the tighter, and tighter the Good. AFC conferences gets. Love it, baby. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, so let's hit a couple different things here. Also, that that are that are going on here uh, around the league. Um, CD Lamb claims that he is the best receiver in football he is on, uh, according he to can't. himself yep according to only him yep <laughs> according to only him so with that said let, let's do our power rankings here <clears throat> let's do our top five let's see where he falls um around the league let's do it all right uh i'll go i'll go i'll kick this off i'll go first okay all are right. you starting from five i'm going five you, up uh, to one I'll, I'll work i'll work my okay. countdown up oh, count up uh <laughs> 
Amon Ross St. Brown, my guy who doesn't get nearly enough national love uh, for the for the Lions, is an absolute beast and has been uh, for the last two years. He, I have him at number five. I just love the dude's game. Uh, I think all he does is make plays, um, and I think he's absolutely awesome. So I have him at five. Jamar Chase, I have at number four. Uh, I think once Burrow got right, you saw what that connection is with those guys who went back to their LSU days. Uh, I, th- I think he's just a monster. He's a deep threat. He's an over-the-middle threat. I don't think there's any weakness in his game. I have him number uh, number four. I, I do, in fairness, I put CeeDee Lamb at number three. That's where I have him uh, on my list. The guy is really good, um, but he's a and I guess you have to think this way if you're you're a professional athlete or whatever. You have to believe in yourself, but um, he ain't number one, so he's number three. I battled between one and two. If I ha- if I'm being fair and I'm trying not to go down the homer route, I have Tyree Kill as number one. Tyree Kill's got the most uh, yards in the league right now, not by a ton, but he does. Uh, he is such an unbelievable threat deep that I'm going to keep him at number one. And A.J. Brown, who's having a spectacular dominant season, I have him at number two. Those two could easily be flipped, but I'm just trying to keep it real. So I go Hill, Brown, Lamb, Chase, St. Brown. They're my five. Okay, so great. Very, very, very strong list, by the way. Uh, for me, uh, at five, I have Jamar Chase. Um, now that this, you know, now that now that that team is starting to come on, you know he's starting to be become more and more explosive. Uh, I really love Jamar Chase's game. I love how physical he is. I love how physical he is at the point of attack. I love his athleticism. I love his, I love his ability to run the route tree. Just a you know just a technician. Mm-hmm. Um, just that perfect combination of technique and athleticism. I, I really love Jamar Chase's game. Um, and uh, he's a guy that he, he's a guy that you know even though he plays he plays with a swagger. He's a he's a he, he's a pretty He's a team guy, you know what I mean. Oh, um, yeah. He, yeah, he conducts himself uh, like an adult. Um, I like Jamar Chase uh, at five. Uh, I got C.D. Lamb at four. Got to give credit where credit is due. C.D. Lamb is having um, arguably one of his best seasons of his career, um, especially being the official number one guy. Um, I think this is his second season away from Amari Cooper, so um, he's really starting to fall into that role. Um, you know, being the number one for um, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I. Again, I look at a guy like CeeDee Lamb, I understand that he has the numbers on which I respect. But at the same time, I look at guys, um, if you really want to be considered one of the best, you got to be able to eat at the X, at the Y, at the Z. You got to be able to eat anywhere on that field. And I feel like CeeDee Lamb, uh, when I watch him play, most of his production comes from the slot. Mm -hmm. And I, I see some of the best guys, they can produce from anywhere. Sure. On the field, so, um, and also Ceedee Lamb again, talented dude, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's good enough to the point where it doesn't matter who you put on him, he's going to get his. I don't think that. Um, so I have him at number four. Um, I have Keenan Allen at number three. I love Keenan Allen's game. Keenan Allen's a monster. He is. Oh, um, uh, love his game. Um, love his size at the position. Um, just just a guy that's been Mr. Reliable. You know, Keenan Allen, when you really think about his career in totality, he's been one of the better wide receivers over the past several seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's just call let's just call it what it is. You know, earlier in his career, especially in year three, year four, battled some injuries, but ever since then, he's been he's been on track, he's been as healthy as he possibly could be. Um, last year only played 10 games, um, with some some health issues, but this year so far, so far, so good, man. 73 catches. 
895 yards, six touchdowns, man. Just a, just a big play dude, a route, a route tree technician. Um, love everything uh, about his game. Um, like you, um, I battled between the one and two spot. Um, but unlike you, I am going to be your homer. I'm going to say A.J. <laughs> Brown at number one, man. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm always going to lean more towards the big body physical receiver that's just muscling everybody, that just has the spectacular catches, the long reach. No doubt. You know, I love everything about A.J. Brown's game at number one, man. Just a physical specimen. Um, Gets things done after the catch. Um, One of the scariest guys to want to tackle, man. Um, They they call him 1K, always open for a reason. You know what I mean? Because he's always open. It doesn't matter what ball you throw. He's got a sign in his locker room stall, by the way. Always open, baby. Great. It's great. Uh, Always open. You know, so funny, Jamar Chase, they call him 7-Eleven. And they call call A.J. Brown 1K, always open. So I love it. Man, so yeah, I got A.J. Brown at number one, Tyreek Hill at number two. Tyreek Hill's having a spectacular season. Let's, yeah. let's not get it twisted, right? And look, at this position, right, with all these guys, you know, all these Every guys Every one are, of them you take all, in two seconds. Yeah. All these guys are having tremendous seasons in their own right. Let's not get it twisted here. Um, even though I have my own little opinions about CeeDee Lamb and how he gets it done, he's productive. And sure. and and he, he he's, a, he's a tremendous player to have on your team. Um, I know I may piss off some Cowboys fans because – um, the way I the way I may analyze this game, but hey, that's just me, man. I'm an Eagles fan. What do you expect? So um, I'm going to always um, have C. D. Lamb in a certain position. I'm I'm, I'm going to be objective partially, but <laughs> but you know, listen. At least you know I'm keeping it real here. I'm Isn't keeping that it an real. Oxymoron? I'm going to be objective partially, partially. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, we're human. That's the that's the part about being human, Rob. We're, we're oxymorons. Yes. We're yes. we're walking contradictions. It's, it's a part of the game, man. Yes. Um, so yeah, AJ Brown one, Tyreek Hill two, Funny. Keenan Allen three, CD Lamb four, uh, Jamar Chase five. Okay. All right. I like your list. All right. I got to get your opinion of this. Okay. okay. All right. So. Patrick Mahomes was on the Manning cast last night with Eli and Peyton. Okay. And and so listen to this. So (laughs) he said that he's worn the same pair of underwear to every single game of his NFL career. And he has not washed them. He's lying. He's lying. Oof. He's lying. There's no way you wear the same pair. Now you wear it. They haven't been washed. That is Beyond skeeve worthy, man. Now, 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 if you're wearing them over some something else, like it's like a like a good, like a good luck charm, maybe. But even then, though, you're lying. It's you know, it's listen. He was on a Manning cast. He probably just having fun, but he's lying. There's no <laughs> way. First, first of all, from a health perspective, that's not good for you. You know what I mean? Like the things that that can do to your jewels. Correct. It'll turn yes. you. It'll. Yeah. It'll turn. It. It'll t- It'll turn your family jewels into copper wire. You no, do, it'll, you, it'll turn your family jewels into junk really fast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, J to exactly. J real so, fast. Yeah. Exactly, man. So I, I'm not I'm not buying it. Listen, he was just having fun on the Manning cast. You know, I, hope he, these, I hope for him and his teammates' sake and his wife and everybody else's sake that he was kidding. Yeah, like listen, that. he has what two kids, three kids now. Best believe his wife, his, his his wife ain't going nowhere near those family jewels if that's the case. Best believe. <laughs> It's like, I got you. Um, uh, elsewhere. So uh, Mike Tomlin said, we're going to need a lot more from Kenny Pickett as the road narrows here. And by the way, I couldn't agree more. I love Mike be Tomlin, better. man. He said, he, he called, he's, he's, he's yeah. just like it is. He tells it like it is. I love it. Yeah. 
He, and he's dead on with that one, man. They got to be better. He's got to be better. You can't ask the defense to close it out. Ask them to do what you've been asking of late from them. It's just not acceptable. You got to be better. You, this isn't the Jets, man. You're not Zach Wilson. You know, more is expected of you. Sorry. Yeah, man. Kenny Pickett, he's kind of been he's kind of been in very He's been a below-average quarterback since they drafted him. I'm disappointed. Him. I, mean, I, I didn't think he'd be great. I thought he'd be good this year and take a step. I don't know that he's taken a step from the way he closed out last year. Let me tell you what his numbers are through his career, <clears throat> which which will amount to – what is that? It's, that it's like a year and a half. Games. Like yeah, yeah, that, yeah. But he missed some games last year. Um, He only played 13 games last year. So 13 plus nine games this season, that's what, 22? Yeah. So Or wait, 21. 13 and 9 is 22. Okay, I can't count. Sorry about that, you yeah. guys. 22. Um, I, I, I wasn't a math major. Um, but anyway, 22. The 22 games of his career, he's completing 62% of his passes, just over 4,000 yards. To remind you, this is over two seasons, 22 games, just over 4,000 yards passing, averages just over six yards in attempt, 13 passing touchdowns, 13 interceptions. That is quite awful. Yeah. Quite exactly. awful. And in terms of his stats this year, what he's on pace for, he's projected to he's projected to complete 61% of his passes, have just over 3,000 passing yards, 11 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's below average. That's me. That's that's not even mediocre. That's you know, I, I think Josh Dobbs. Is having a better season than him, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, yeah. Kenny Pickett, I understand he's a gutsy player. He's fearless. Um, he takes a lot of he takes a lot of punishment back there. They're six and three, but let's be let's let's call it speed to speed. They're winning in spite of him. Yeah, it's just that simple. Yep. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, real quick, I just want to give you these. Uh, the, the, there's a lot of good games this week. Bengals Ravens Thursday, Steelers Browns. Another critical AFC North game. Steelers Brown play this week. Steelers Browns play this week. Oh, is the NFL just feeding us these amazing matchups between the AFC North? Like, like they're they they couldn't have fallen any. It seems like every week they're playing each other. Doesn't it seem like that? It seems like every week they're playing each other. Some combination does. And I agree. I I forget who who Harbaugh said it. John Harbaugh said it. He said it's the best division in football. I agree. It, 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 It is. It is. And. Again, let's 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 go back to those standings in that division right now, man. If you said Steelers play Browns, right? Yes, one o'clock, if, and then we have the Thursday night game with the with the you know we we talked about it a little bit earlier with the Ravens and the Bengals. So let's yeah. go through some of these scenarios, man. Steelers win, they improve to seven and three. Browns fall to six and four. Browns win, they improve to seven and four, seven and three. Steelers fall to six and four. But then the Ravens lose the Bengals, they fall to seven and four, and then that could potentially give maybe the Steelers or the Browns the best record in the division. If Bengals beat Ravens, they proved six and four. Ravens dropped to seven and four, but then now they're all pretty much tied. And who, who someone's going to listen? Even, either the Steelers or the Browns are going to be leading the division. Yep. By the by the end of week eleven or week mm-hmm. uh, yeah week eleven. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 going to be it's going to be insane. I think the Browns beat the Steelers, and I think the Ravens beat the Bengals. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so we'll we'll, we'll dive in all those later. We will. Uh, there's yeah. no question about that. This is, this, this is going to be fun, man. 
Oh, always, always. All right, let's uh, let's get a timeout. Let's roll into the final segment of the program. You don't want to go anywhere. We're going to hit a bunch of different things. I'm going to give you a number, a, a financial number tone of what the Power 5 schools are paying to guys who aren't coaching their schools that's going to blow your mind. All right, we'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Thank you for hanging out with us today. That is Stone. I am Rob. We are Sports Take. Let's hit the like button if we could, friends. Always, always appreciate it. All right. So, Tone, we I gave you the uh, the crazy number yesterday on Jimbo Fisher. So, Jimbo Fisher gets fired from Texas A and M after this, you know, the past week game. Um, so he had made forty five already, and the buyout with no offsetting language, meaning he's getting all of it, is seventy six million dollars for him to walk away. Since the start of twenty twenty two, 
just last year. We're still in 23. Power five schools are paying out $146 million to fired coaches. That's two guys who are doing nothing for your school, nothing for the program. Texas A&M's AD sat up there the other day after they fired uh, Fisher and basically said, yeah, well, we, we need to learn a lesson from this. You think? You think you do? Is that in total? So, so really quick, is that in total or is that over the span total. of the year? Total. Wow. Yeah. God. A lot of money. A lot of money for guys to be doing nothing. Sure enough. It's a lot yeah. of damn money, bro. Uh, bring me off a, a slice of the pod. Damn. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson, respectively, uh, respectively, ha- uh, respectively, have won the Rookie of the Year awards in the National League. Corbin Carroll, of course, he played for the Diamondbacks, who we saw here playing against the Phillies, and Gunnar Henderson uh, with the Orioles. So both of those guys, uh, Rookie of the Year, well deserved. Well deserved. Uh, I don't know if you saw this tone. Excuse me, this video it was sad, very sad. But there was a a hockey player, former NHL player, who was who was killed uh, in a collision and in oh, playing in a league over in England. Um, so a man was arrested uh, on suspicion of manslaughter in the death of former NHL player Adam Johnson. He, the the South Yorkshire police have announced that that, right. that is coming. So if you didn't see it, there was a hit, and then the blade of the skate sliced his neck and he sadly passed away. Uh, but, but they're charging the guy who hit him, uh, you know, with manslaughter. See that I'm torn about that because when they put, I would imagine when you play a sport like football or hockey, right, there's waivers or rights that are signed over because you know, the physicality of the sport and what could potentially happen. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to understand how he's being charged with anything when they were simply playing a professional sport. Um, I, I I guess, but it is England. I don't know what their laws are, but I'm trying to understand the 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 logic there. I mean, the the, the, yeah. the point of the sport is to be physical and hit guy. Like it's it's a part of the sport. I mean, I mean, I would imagine his lawyers would have to prove that he did everything within the within the within the confines of the sport. Still, yeah. But even then, though. I mean, guys get penalized for unnecessary reference all the time. I mean, are we calling the cops? I mean, I mean, are we? Are we- I know what you mean. Like, I, I think there. This is what it's going to come down to. How much of this was just maybe an excessive, excessive hit versus a blatant cheap shot that that cost a guy his life? And I, I, it's a slippery slope. You know, that, that is a slippery slope because God forbid. Um, our perfect example with Demar Hamlin, right? When he came in contact with that one guy. Yep. And if Demar, God forbid, but if Demar Hamlin would have, you know not been here with us are we charging that guy with manslaughter because he came into a, a collision with demar hamlin right it's a slippery, it's a slippery slope if you yeah, ask me it is it is i mean to me it, it was a cheap shot but is it a cheap shot enough where charges should be pressed you know we'll find out one of the offshoots of this tone is um there are mandates being put in place as they should um in the any hopefully in the NHL and the ECHL and the AHL kind of lower levels and, and in that league in London to have guys wear protective neck guards at practice and in games. And I'm surprised you know, that wasn't something that was already 
yeah that wasn't already being being put in place i mean if i played hockey man i'm wearing every kind of guard mouth guard doubling up neck guard i'm wearing listen man i'm not going i need i need to be at home i need i like my smile and i definitely like my neck so um <laughs> i i definitely like my neck yeah no, I got you. I, but maybe if there's anything good that comes out of this, it's that, that we're going to protect these guys a little bit better, uh, you know, under these circumstances. But, man, yeah. pretty scary, you know? Definitely, very, definitely, very scary man. stuff. Yeah, really that, that's, that's, that's a slow death, too. God, man, I feel bad. For, I, God, man. Frightening. Yeah. Definitely no frightening. Question. No question. Uh, just staying with hockey for a minute. The Flyers are in Carolina tomorrow. Uh, they will take on the Hurricanes, and, and you know, they won their last two. Uh, last two games to kind of get right back on the uh, on the right path there for them. Uh, elsewhere, I don't know if you you caught any of this, but uh, Penn upset Villanova last night in hoops. University of Penn. Yeah, man. The Poindexter Quakers. Wow. Yes. The University. Uh, the the U Penn Poindexters. That's what I call them. <laughs> the U Penn Poindexters. Man, wow, <laughs> they that, had that, a that... funny sign. The Penn kids did last night. Something about our tuition is, you know, better spent or something like that. And the Penn kids misspelled tuition. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. T-I-O-N is how they spell it. I'm like, man, if, if the kids at Penn can't get the, uh, you know, the, the the signs right, is there any hope for any of us at this point? <laughs> right. There's the, the, right. The Ivy League kids are supposed to be the future of humanity. I don't, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> but, my God. Man, that, 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 that's good. That's cool, man. That, that's, that's fun. fun. All right, I wanted to swing this back at you because we didn't get to it earlier, uh, which is good. We, we had a lot going on. But we it, it came up in the course of the show yesterday. So we have a, you know, a nice little chunk now to be able to do it. And I'm hitting you this with, with kind of blind, but I'll let, I'll let you think while I answer. But you, do you remember in the during the course of the show that came up yesterday, who's been the most disappointing eagle in the first half? Right. Okay. I, I mean, look, I'm going to go with Bradbury, but I'm going to go – my second one, I'm not so much coming down on the guy. I'm you just, just expected kinda, a little more. I'm just bummed because I had high hopes. My second guy is N'Kobe Dean. And in fairness mm-hmm. to him, he's been hurt. But when he was out there, it wasn't that good. I think the whole thing, you kind of chalk it up as a disappointing season for him in general. So it's more of that. And I'm left probably with more questions, Tone, than I am than I had coming into this season about him. Like, Let's say he has to miss significant time or the rest of the year. Do I feel comfortable throwing him out there as a starting linebacker next year? Not really. Not really. Not really. So I would probably go Bradbury, Dean. I don't know that I find anybody else really disappointing. Do you? Yeah, because, you know, it's interesting. Like, in order to be disappointed, you you had to have had expectations in the first place. And at first – I almost mentioned Derek Barnett, but then I had to check myself. Did I even have expectations out of him in the first place? No, yeah. not really. So, um, but still, I guess to some people, he could be a disappointment. Um, for me, I'm disappointed. You, you took some. You took some of the better ones. No, you, it doesn't. We can still take N- the N- same N- ones. N- N- Dean and Bradbury were obviously grave disappointments. Um, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go curveball here. Okay, and. I'm disappointed in the situation, not necessarily the player. Okay. I'm disappointed in Dallas Goddard's situation mm. because two years in a row, when your team is at the eight is at the eight and one mark of their record, eight and one, you go down with 
an injury that that could potentially have you out for four to six weeks. Yeah, you know what I mean. And a guy like Dallas Goddard, um, I have high expectations out of him because I know how dangerous he is on the field. He right. he, he 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 he's literally like Juggernaut. Another Marvel reference, another X Men reference. If you <laughs> if you're familiar with Juggernaut, um, the um one of the supervillains in the X Men universe, he's one of those guys that. He can't be stopped. His power is based off of inertia and momentum. The more yeah. momentum he, the more momentum he creates, the more volatile he becomes as a weapon. So, um, I've always looked at Dallas Goddard as as the juggernaut of the Philadelphia Eagles offense. The more hits he takes, the more the, the more you allow him to get the steam the, the steam rolling, the harder it is to bring him down. Um, so, it, so it's disappointing to see that he's dealing with the injury that he's dealing with, and it, 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 it really sucks because um, he was really starting to come on. Um, so that's that's one guy that comes to mind. Mm. Um, if I had to take it a step further, um, again, another curveball. Not saying he's having a bad season thus far, but I'm a little disappointed that Hurts has thrown as many interceptions as he has. Um, you know, you know, through the first nine games of the season. Um, and again, that's not saying he's having a bad year. That's not saying that he's terrible. I'm not coming at his life, but I'm just saying I'm kind of disappointed that he's thrown as many interceptions as he did. You know, I didn't expect that. Um, I expect him to, be, to protect to protect the ball a lot better than when he has. But so far, he's trending in the right direction. He's only throwing one interception over the past three weeks. Um, he's doing well. And if I'm being honest, I think I think he's shaking the turnover bug. Some guys have haunted him all year. I think over the past three weeks, he's shown that he's beginning to, um, you know, knock it off or brush it off his shoulders. Yeah, like if if he told me he would have had, uh, you know, whatever it is, ten turnovers through nine games, I, w- I wouldn't believe you. I, I wouldn't either. I would have been very, very surprised by that because he was so good at that last year at taking care of the ball. Yeah, but I, I'm with you in that that's not one of the things I go into the second half afraid of. I, I think he'll he knows, and I'm sure, I am sure of it. He's well aware, and they've had conversations about it. He knows he's got to clean that part of it up. That I have no doubt. So I feel good about that. I feel good. I I'm I'm my expectation isn't super high for the secondary, but I think getting, having Bayard get more time here, getting Roby back. I think the secondary is going to be improved. I don't think Bradbury is going to be as bad as he was. Yeah. I really don't. Um, and yeah, I, and I truly it believe was, it, was pretty, it was pretty bad. So he, he, he has no, he has no way. He has nowhere else to go, but up. So yeah, right. No, right. I look, I agree with you. And, and there isn't anywhere for them to go up, but, but there's, there's, I don't think that Bradbury has fallen off that Far. Like he's not, not the same. Understood. We had Jeff McLean on earlier, who said, you know, it's been a it's been a struggle for a while now, and that's all fair. But I don't think he's as bad as he's looked. I, yeah, I, I, maybe it, he it, just got tired, just needed to, whatever. It, it almost seems like, nah, you can't be this bad. You know what I mean? It's it, it's like he, if if so, man, it's like, damn, what what a fall. You know what I mean? But you know, again, he's a guy that takes his career seriously. He's a, he's a he's a professional. Um, he's a technician. Um, ah, the fact checker brings up a good point. Quez Watkins, huge disappointment. I forgot all about him. Yeah, it's a good, I, you know what? That's a good, that's a good that, you know what that goes to show, Tone? He's so far out of our consciousness. You know what I mean? That's a that good point. Think He's of him so far away yeah. from what we even think about this team. We haven't even looked at him as a disappointment. It's almost like we expected this, yeah. you know, you know, because in the off season, he was like, I'm going to make you I'm going to make you guys eat your mother effing words and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, OK, bro, you're still that you're, you're a number three receiver talking about making me eat my words. OK, the best you can hope for is a 500 yard season. That's the best that's the best you can hope for. You know what I mean? And look, I was a quest guy when he came out of um, 
was it Southern was it Southern um Southern Missouri Southern Miss yeah like Southern Mississippi I mean I was a big Quest guy um I was high on him hey listen look at it like this you ended up being better than Jalen Rager you know so I mean I don't know I don't know I don't know if that's the bar you want for yourself but that's a that's a limbo low bar right there man oh man that's uh. That's that's how low can you go? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. So yeah. Yeah, he was he was a receipts guy in the offseason. And I'm just saying, Quez, just just sometimes you just be quiet. Sometimes yeah. you just don't need to talk. It's okay. Like just just keep your head down and, and crush. And you know the other part is the Eagles gave him every like they really wanted it to work with him. Yeah. Every time Sirianni's defending him, the whole nine, man. Like they really because I know he's he's got the speed element. They really wanted that to work with him. And they Absolutely. finally got to a point. I'm telling you, the turning point tone, when he busted that one outside, when it was blocked up, changed That was it. Everything. I'm telling you, I knew it. I knew it. That was it. That was, that it. was it. Hey, listen, fellas, let Quez Watkins be a lesson for you guys, right? Fellas, I'm talking to all the fellas out there. Always under-promise and over-deliver. Yep. Under-promise, yep. over-deliver. And I mean every, in every aspect. in life. Well, under-promise, over-deliver. A lot of the receipts, like like Sala was a receipts guy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Maybe gotta, hold the receipt. Maybe just hold the receipt. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes guys are to get too caught up in trying to prove people wrong. It's like, no, you, you, the only person you be, you should be trying to prove anything to is the person in the mirror. That's it. That's it. So agreed. That's where I'm at with that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, one of the things I do want to get into tomorrow. Uh, we'll look at through again through the first, you know, nine games, which Eagles are on course for the Pro Bowl. Ooh, are we okay. saving this for tomorrow? Yeah, we're going to dig into this tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I like that. Yeah, I, I was looking at it today. I mean, I'll just, I'll just give him. I'm not going to give you any names, but I'll just give you my count: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have nine right now potentially. I know that may sound like a really big number, but that's kind of where I'm at. But they if you look at last year, I'm not sure it was that far off that number. But that's where I have it. So food for thought, all right? Think about it tomorrow. Uh, that's one of the things we'll dig into with the Eagles, and we'll continue, obviously, you know, previewing this, this Chiefs game. We'll Definitely. look back at what the Sixers did tonight against the Pacers. So there's a lot to do. we got a lot to do uh, the rest of the week, that's for sure. Absolutely. As we inch closer here uh, to this thing. All right. So I want to thank everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Tone keeps it rolling here with the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. That'll be coming up. Uh, Thanks to our guests. Great job out of Jeff McClain and uh, Keith Pompey. If you missed any of that, you can always go back and watch it. Just just simply go to YouTube and and search for Sports Take or go to jacobsports.com, either one. Just go back and check all those out. You can always, always uh, look at all of our, not just interviews, but the shows or segments in their entirety. And I know a lot of people uh, will do that uh, with us, and we appreciate it. All right. Yep. Uh, that's going to do it. We are wrapping for today. Looking forward to hanging out with you guys, Tone. Great job as always, man. Uh, appreciate it. And, yes, and, and all the best to D-Gun. And we will, uh, we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Don't, again, don't go anywhere. You have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming up.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.